We are back with episode. Wait, is this episode eleven or twelve? I, I think can't it's remember. twelve. Nice. Okay. So nice. now we have, we've completed the, the divided. But never mind. I'm gonna stop talking. Uh. So anyway. Nice intro. Uh, yeah, that was honestly the worst intro I think I've given so far. <laughs> um. That was really ass, dude. Yeah. <laughs> that was ass, dick. I'm sorry. Losing daylight. Um, Let's go. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, um, Jason, if you want to introduce the thing you recommended, you could do that. Absolutely. So the band that I recommended to Sir William here was Chevelle. And Chevelle was one of those bands where I thought they were very, very boring for the longest time. And it didn't take me, well, I would say it did take me a very long time to appreciate their musicality and the way that they differ out from a bunch of other types of bands. Um, pretty much people usually chalk them down to being just a watered-down version of Tool or like Breaking Benjamin, kind of like a hybrid of both of those two. Um, but what I did was I picked a compilation of my favorite songs from each album. So starting off from the newest album all the way to like the earliest. So I picked a couple songs from each one. So I'm very curious to hear um, how you like them or not because like I said, when I first listened to them, I wasn't really a fan. They really grew on me. Okay, I'm going to say right off the bat, I was really liking this um, until about, like, halfway through. Okay. Um, after after the um, – so there's the first two albums, which I think are the, are the two newest, right? Yeah. Yeah, after those, it didn't go downhill. It just, it just got worse. Um, I think the songs were more repetitive, and the songs just – kind of like you were saying – that, like the issues you had with them when you first listened to them like i just i kind of thought they were like a watered down version of other bands i've heard and obviously um i still liked the songs but they never got above like a yeah this could be like something cool to put on in the background or yeah like um this might be something cool to listen to the gym but at the same time i don't want something that i'm listening to the gym be a oh i might listen to this in the gym i want it to be like a, i'm definitely listening to this in the gym right. but like these songs on Hats off to the bull. I loved all of those. I think that was the best um, selection you gave me. You know what's funny is I think like out of like the repetitiveness, those ones are pretty repetitive. It didn't bother me for some reason because I just thought like the this I just loved the singing. Like I I thought the singing was really um, it was really nice. It was really pretty. Um, I love their note choices too. Yeah. I, yeah. I just think like they they just put them in the right spots like like the placement of the sounds and also like the actual selection of notes um it just goes really well with with the actual riff of the song and the and the drum beats are just I like revenge that track I was tapping the fuck out of my foot to that song yeah I, so I, I was yeah yeah that album is awesome I. That's one of those albums where I've been getting into recently, and that's part of the reason why I wanted to recommend it, because I was like, oh, I think he'd really like this album. Um, this guy would. Also, Envy. I thought that that was a really nice... Um, that was a lot of um, good... Like, how to, how to put it? Uh, like it, it was really good levity, I guess, because um, a lot of the other songs had like a similar feel, and they were like a similar style, but that Envy was just... I honestly thought that that was like the intro, and then I was going to get into like an actual like traditional song that they had but it just kind of stayed like that just like that that quiet guitar riff that's like kind of kind of slow and there's no real 
like hard beat going on and just yeah it's very vibey yeah and i like the lyrics his lyrics are very very underrated i i didn't really even listen to them for the longest Um, time but like he does very very good lyrics yes i thought that that was actually yeah that was another thing um i really liked i'm trying to see my notes is the lyrics on um Oh, on on Roos, I think is the name of the song. Yeah, that song is really fun to play on guitar. It's one of the ones where I heard it on the radio and I was like, huh, this kind of sounds fun. So I was picking up and I'm like, damn, I actually really love playing this. It's very, very fun. And then I just listened to the rest of the album because I feel like it has a similar feel and that's why I really enjoy a lot of the songs on that album. Um, what did you think about the, the first two songs? That's like literally their newest album that just, I think it, I don't remember when it came out. I think it was about a year ago. Maybe a little bit less yeah, than some change. It said it was it was twenty twenty one. Yeah. So, because um, I I saw them live recently with Corn and um, I I don't know if you if this really matters to you in context, but they're a three piece band, and the only reason why that's very important is because their sound is fucking massive, and especially live, and it's like really impressive that it comes out of three people, especially because he sings and plays all that shit at the same time too. That is very impressive, and that, I think that's something you mentioned on one of the previous podcasts how like you have a huge respect and i do too for for like guys that can do that they can like play that hard shit and they can also sing and it comes out really nice and they both sound yeah. like they're just completely distinct yeah when i is almost yeah when i first listened to them i i figured that his like they weren't going to be that good live or like they'd be fine but like their their songs wouldn't hit as deep as they do on the record but he has a very, very good, like, he, you can tell, like, he puts work into it, and you can tell he writes the majority of the shit, um, and his very, his, his live sound is very, very good, and their whole entire mix as a band live is also phenomenal as well, so, and it was a stadium show, so, you know, sound is very difficult to do, because sound just fucking bounces around, and there's so many people, and it's just, it doesn't work that well sometimes, so, very, very impressive sound, but, like I said, for context, like, He's the only guitar player, and like their mixes are fucking massive live, and they're super tracked, um, or quad. Tra- how many tracks of guitars they record, I don't know, but it's a massive tone. So the fact that he can recreate even a half of that live, is pretty impressive. And I watched a, they call them like rig rundowns on YouTube, where he'll go and just basically tell you about all of his gear that he uses, and he basically is like, it's such a pain in the ass to recreate this shit live. <laughs> Well, it's cool that he's like, in, he's very committed to actually like replicating it. Yeah, he has and a lot then, of integrity with the stuff that they yeah. do, which is nice to see. But um, but yeah. So, what did you think about the first two? Oh, the first two, I was really liking this. I, when I when that the first song came on, I was like, Jason, I think you might have recommended like my. I think this might be my favorite recommendation of yours. Yeah. I really love like I just like the energy obviously because that's a big thing i like i i'm just a person who's really into like just the energy and just the electricity that a song can give you yeah. and also um it quite literally had that 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 riff i don't know if this was like intentional but like it just sounded like a you we were just taking off into space like in a rocket it was really cool yeah so for context the the song um that we're the songs that we're talking about are so long oh, mother right, earth yeah. and uh mars similar similar however the fuck you say it yeah, but it didn't come across like so overt, like oh, this is a space song, you know. Like it actually just kind of felt natural because it still sounded like it was just a, you know, a normal, like, like how would you is this is this metal or is this more like, um, um, I, th- I mean, you can go back and forth arguing. I would say like you can either classify it as alternative metal or hard rock with a little bit of like, 
I don't know, whatever, you know, whatever moody vibiness that they add to the note choice in the, in the song. Cause yeah, like I kind of put it as alternative rock. I'm he, sorry, not, not, not alternative, alternative metal. That's yeah. Great. Yeah. Cause he I'll never, he doesn't scream verses. He'll like, he'll hold out a scream to go to change into certain parts, but he sings throughout the entirety of the songs. Yeah. And like on that first track, the vocals were just really pleasant and they meshed really well with the riff and the beat and i was like yes i'm i'm feeling this and the same thing for the second track um mars simula yeah because that's my thing i've mentioned this on other podcasts if any kind of like metal or rock song just makes me feel like i'm fighting demons in hell i'm gonna like it yeah (laughs) i just i think that's the most badass shit ever So Chevelle's very interesting because like they, so there's a lot of song, like they're one of those bands where, and I think, um, I, I guess, I don't know. I was, it's hard to gauge like what exact songs you'd like from a band. So like the first two and the, the ones that we're just talking about to be, to also give more context, those are the first few songs in the album. So like, that's how it opens up. Oh, are they? Okay. Yeah. So, but I think those are the most high energy portions of the song, but especially like on, on the uh, Mars Samila where like the the riff where he's like hitting the harmonics where it's like like kind of sounds like it does sound like a rocket kind of taking off or like you know going through some turbulence or something yeah and they um, just have like just that constant like just the and it um it just play yeah like it's played in that way yeah so they do a very good job creating atmosphere i think this is one of my favorite albums besides hats off to the bull that they've done um they do have a lot of songs that i think are very very boring and also repetitive but the reason why I picked some of those songs, I felt like you'd like the catchiness of the chorus and the and the lyrics. But I think I made the same mistake with the Deftones recommendation, where it's like you know, like you know, catchy and repetitive stuff. Whether it's really cool sounding earworms, like you rather just like have the energy of the different types of songs. So they have a bunch of other songs that are like those two. I just, I just, it, it was hard to find. Like I was just trying to get a good mix of stuff. Yeah, I got you. Um, um I, I did like this better than Deftones. Um, I still liked a lot of the stuff that you re- that you got me to listen to for Deftones, but I, th- but at the same time, like overall, I think the Deftones was more consistent. Like in terms of, I was like, like almost every there was almost every song, I was like, yeah, this this is pretty cool, and yeah. like I get what they're going for, and I think they executed at least fairly well. There was like a couple songs on there where I was like. Yeah, I don't really. That was kind of whatever for me. But there was also some other songs that you recommended that I thought were pretty great. But this one, I just think after the hats off to the bull selection of songs, I was just like, yeah, I'm kind of bored. Until it got into the what's the last three songs? Like, which album is that from? Um, hold on, let me pull up my notes because I'm I. It's been a while since I. I don't remember what I recommended. Give me one second. Um, but yeah, so like their earlier stuff is a little bit rough around the edges. Um, and they kind of like it. So <laughs> I guess I should have done it backwards. Maybe I, I should have done like the older stuff first and then transitioning into the newer stuff. Cause that would probably give you a better progression. Now that I think about it. <laughs> yeah. Like we just, we like just, yeah. I don't know why I did. I guess I wasn't really thinking. I don't know why I did we it this way. We went in reverse. Yeah. yeah but I, um, I should have so done the I- opposite. Right, but it, it's fine. But oh, so then, um, comfortable liar, closure, and wonder what's next. Those three. Yeah, um, I thought the riff on comfortable liar was it was really simple, but it was effective at the same time. Yeah, um, yeah. So I I picked closure because closure is one of those songs where it is like 
I so this is what I'm talking about where I thought they were really fucking boring with some of the shit they do because obviously like they're I, newer. I they, got that. Yeah. <laughs> they get riffier as the albums go on, as you can tell. So that's why if you didn't like the second half of it, it's like stuff like Vitamin R, Closure. So those ones are a little bit. Um, they're they. I don't know. Like I. I think it's because I'm into their sound now, so it's like I, I hear I like the melody of those songs, so like I'm not really focusing on the energy of the riffs. And I think that's also just because I've been listening to metal for a long time, so like I'm past that phase where it's like, Oh, I need to have this really cool riff or energy, you know what I mean? Like I can vibe out to like a, a mellow song or a so nice mid tempo song. That I'm an incel. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, what I'm saying is like because this genre is yeah, new no. for you and it's like you like you you're getting all the really exciting songs, so it's like stuff like this isn't really gonna hit that much home for you because there's ten times other songs with cooler riffs and more interesting sounding melodies. So I think I like these songs just for what they are, but but yeah, well, um Well, okay. A song a metal song doesn't have to have that energy for me, like you were saying, for yeah. me to enjoy it, because there's tons of like mellow um like just different kind of than the than the than the run metal songs that i fucking love like on master of puppets that instrumental track um what is it oh oh orion i that's like probably my favorite song in the whole album <laughs> you it, mean orion orion what i don't remember <laughs> you said orion <laughs> i don't remember how it was pronounced it's like someone's name it's like yo orion come here for a second well i don't know they never said it in the fu- i didn't know what uh, that fucking that's orion what referring bro. to i didn't know that's what it was referring to yeah like the star belt system all right way thing. dude i keep shooting myself in the foot when it comes <laughs> to all of this shit i'm just glad you got and- that on record that's fucking awesome I know. So now everyone can bully me. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> Orion from Master of Puppets by Metallica. That's probably my favorite track on the entire album because like it has that epic intro where it's just got that like yeah like a, it's it's motivational as shit. But then you got but then it stops and it gets slow and it has that really like just like twangy like that's different though that's that's that has like constructed parts and it's more of an epic songs like these like they don't have yeah, like but it's still not like a like that epic energy fighting demons well yeah because that's not consistent with Metallica does what I'm saying is like that even like comparing Orion to like some of the songs like this from Chevelle it's not comparable because like it's not like there's not one individual part of the song that you can really latch on to it's really just it the way I think about it is like it's you're listening to it from like a song perspective like people like most people like most of the general public that listens to pop music or rap music or whatever it's like they're listening to a song just to have a song to listen to they're not like listening like ooh, i'm listening to the drums i'm listening to the guitar riffs i'm listening right. for the vocals so it's yeah. like they're they're listening mm-hmm. to a song so i think that's more of what comes across and stuff like this in metal and that's why for i mean i was with you man for the longest time i always hated that shit i thought it was boring but i think just because i've listened to this genre for so long like i've seen most of the tricks and all the cool stuff that can be done so sometimes it's it's like a nice change of pace but um, but yeah, so those songs, um, I like it yeah, more I for mean, that reason. Um, oh yeah. Like overall, I did enjoy these songs for what they were. And like, it was honestly, it was cool to like clean my room and have like a lot of them playing. Um, yeah. I think jars was probably my least favorite song. It's it has um, a, it kind of has a weird pace to it, especially like the, the riff, the really kind of bouncy riff that they do. It, it, it doesn't really... I, I mean, I think it fits. I think it's a cool kind of sound, but I like the chorus of this song. That's why I picked it. Um, Maybe it'll grow on me. I'm not sure. What about um, us, uh, Safe Waters? Because that was the other one on that album that was a little bit slower and vibier. I, I did kind of like that one. 
Yeah, that um, one's that one's a sadder looking one. And then Saturday was another kind of vibey one. Yeah, no, I the guitar on that one, I really felt that. Yeah. Um, that song is where I can see what you're saying of like why you like them. Yeah. Um, I, and it's yeah. like. Yeah, and their their lyrics. Like, like I don't really remember anyone's off the top of my head, but I was just kind of liking the, like the journey he was taking me through. Yeah, it was cool, and I and I hate that I don't remember any of the lyrics because it's just it's it's bad for the people listening to this. They're like, what the fuck is he talking about? But <laughs> well, so I think the and it sucks that I don't think it comes across this on the song because this is one of the songs where I used to be in a cover band and. We covered like we covered some Chevelle songs, and we covered the uh, the song Vitamin R, um, and I hated it. I thought it was super fucking boring to play. I thought the vocals were just kind of like I got what they were going for. It just wasn't my thing. But when I listen to it these days, I really get caught into the vocals, and I think it's because of the lyrics. So um, Vitamin R, and this is completely anecdotal, but I mean a lot of people were saying it, so I don't know how far away from the truth it can be. But basically, it's about Ritalin, right? So it, the story goes is that the lead singer had a friend that did, like, he got misdiagnosed as ADHD, and then he ended up getting addicted to Ritalin. Like, it fucked him up really bad. So the lyrics of that song are kind of powerful in that way to just basically, you know, experiencing somebody getting addicted to Ritalin like that. Oh, is, is his friend, is, his, is he dead? I have no idea. I don't know anything past that. Okay. I just... Just like kind of hearing that and then listening to the lyrics, like I I think that's the most powerful lyrics that they've written. Um, yeah, I like um, one like you said. You're not sure if he's dead, but I really do like memoir songs. Like when yeah. a member, like like someone that was close to one of the mem, like one of the members of the band, or like someone in the member, like someone in the band actually died, like in Pink Floyd. Yeah. Like like in Wish You Were Here, that just I that that can get to me sometimes, and I can like you can feel it in their music, um, but I didn't know that. And it's um and I do like to know these kind of things for yeah. songs. And I I want to do something a little bit different. Like I want to because I don't I don't know if you remember the I'm gonna pull up the lyrics for this song just to kind of break it down a little bit. I think sometimes yeah, it'd be cool to do. do like a lyrical breakdown. Um, right. But but yeah, I I agree with you. I do like tribute songs or like memoir songs, especially with something like this where it's a very very big problem and it's like it's shit that a lot of people struggle with. So not only is it like a point of relation. But also, it's just, it makes you, like, angry in the back of your head that this shit is just legal and that it still goes on and how easy it is to just get sucked into the pharmaceutical culture. Yeah. Um, but, so, I, I'm trying to figure out, uh, I, I guess I should have just brainstormed this before we did this, but I'm trying to, like, pick out the pieces of this song that... Um, and it, I guess it, it also, like, it doesn't impact as much because, you know, I'm just physically reading it as opposed to... I wonder if it would be a cool tidbit to, like, when I say, like, when I talk about the lyrics that I'm about to say, then, like, editing a little small portion from that song of the thing into this. But that also can get dicey because of copyright. So now that I'm thinking well, about it, I think we should just leave I it mean, out. No, but I mean, as long as, like, we are actually actively critiquing the music, it, it's fine. The problem is it doesn't matter. Like, like YouTube has oh, no right, obligation because... to to enforce fair use, so they, you know, yeah, their no, algorithm no. their algorithm can detect it pretty quickly, even if it's a couple seconds, and it can still technically get flagged. It's less likely, but I don't even want to fucking mess with it, so I'm just gonna redact that. Oh um, yeah, like I know we could, like, cause we would be in the right, like we we would be using fair use, but then you never know, like some bullshit person could be like, oh, he's using my shit, and like, I don't want to get in like a that kind of case like that's so annoying <laughs> yeah 
Um, so yeah, let's not do it. But <laughs> so I think so. Basically, the, his whole premise of this is that you know people go like when they suffer through all this shit, they end up being super alone. And the fact that you're able to achieve much more than you you can be, yeah, I fucked that up. The fact that you're able to achieve much higher thing or much greater things than you were if you're on this medication or if it really fucked you up that bad is kind of the point of it. So, um, basically, she's like, well, if they're making it, then they're pushing it and they're leading us along. The hassle of yeah. all the screaming fits and the panic makes remorse because, after all, what's the point? Because levitation is possible. If you're a fly achieved and gone, there's time for this and so much more. You know, it's typical create a world, a special place of my design to never cope or never care. Just use the key because he's alone. And then basically it's like over and over a slave became, over and over a slave became. And, it, you know, it's more powerful than me just dry reading it. But I think it pretty much gets the point of that. And then also like it, it, it takes that like boring sort of like drudgery and it makes more sense when you kind of put it in context with that, you know what I mean? I think they, they do a really great job of capturing emotion in that way. And if you don't like understand that, then it's just like, Oh, like I don't, you know, the song just doesn't really mean anything. So I just, I don't gravitate towards it. And that was my main problem. Cause I didn't really listen to them with that open ears before. So I didn't really, that, yeah. that nuance, that nuance was kind of lost on me. Yeah. I'm actually gonna, I kind of apologize for that. Cause I just, did never that never crossed my mind and i never gave it a second thought but um like i said this is my whole point with like with a lot of stuff in this genre it really does take like i know like it's 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 difficult because like you don't want to listen to stuff you don't want to force yourself to go back and listen you have to have that interest peak because like, this took me years to get back into it but it really does take multiple listens because you really like this genre is so heavy with nuance and you in subtlety and you miss a lot of it just from the first time so Usually, like, if, if something kind of piques my interest, but I'm not, like, fully grasping it, I let it kind of breathe a little bit, and I'll listen to it again, and then sometimes it makes it better, I'm good to go, but that pretty much is the whole gist of that kind of thing. Um, uh, yeah. This was but, interesting, though, just like Deftones was interesting. Yeah, um, yeah but um, the... I mean, a lot of these songs, like, obviously, when you explain these certain nuances, because I love nuances, and I love going back and listening to things multiple times, because that is something that's required when you want to, like, critique something and make a decision of, like, yes, this is great, or yeah, this this is fine, but it doesn't... Because, like, if something, something is fine when it... Like it, like it breaks the surface level, but then it's like doesn't really do much past that, and there's not a lot of nuances, and it's just very overt, you know. Yeah, um, I I agree, and I think to that as well. I, I, it's easy to get in the mindset of when you listen to a song, and you automatically love it, like it doesn't take multiple listens, or it doesn't even take you know a couple seconds sometimes, and it's, you automatically just connect with it that feeling is eventually going to wear off and you're going to be in the same boat as if you listen to a song multiple times, then you eventually love it after a couple of listens or you kind of go back and revisit it and then it becomes like it's your new favorite thing to listen to. Like there's bands where I haven't listened to them forever. I just, you know, I listened to them forever and then I lost interest and then I got back into them and, you know, it was, it's just all about how you think about it. So just because something doesn't grab you automatically the first time doesn't mean that it's going to give you a stronger effect later on, just like the bands that you love you know, without having to giving it half a listen. Right. But also I think you can have that, those songs where it's like, 
yes, I love this. Yeah. And then it goes away, but then you can go back to it and listen to it, and you're like, oh, yes, I love this, you know? I think that's also the case sometimes. Yeah, exactly. But, and um, that's, that's my point. It comes in waves, so... But, um, yeah, I mean, obviously there's exceptions. I mean, I'm trying to think of now of the of like I'm trying to think of a song where I'm like, I loved this when I first listened to it. I still love it. Um, yeah. I mean, like I said, it, it's probably rare. But um, give yeah, me a second. I also like I, uh, I I know I keep saying this point over and over again every time I recommend something to you, but it really does change your perspective when you actually try to learn to play the to song because you you get more of a feel of the note progression, especially with the subtlety. So you really can hear it in your head when you listen to the song again. Because I think, for me, the funnest riffs to play on all the stuff is um, is So Long, Mother Earth, and then Face to the Floor. That's such a fun, catchy riff to play. Did you like that one? Um, Face to the Floor? I don't think that... Oh, shit. I don't think I added that to the list. I guess I just didn't listen to that. Oh, no, you didn't listen to it? It's man i guess it's not on the list i mean i can listen to like a yeah listen to like the literally listen to the first couple seconds because it's that kind of main riff that plays throughout the majority of the song that's a really fucking good song Um, i don't know how i i remember putting that on the playlist i don't understand why it's not on there did you listen to i mean obviously you listened to all of hats off to the bowl it's like the title track and all that yeah let me see you listen to take out the gunman wait one second yeah um but yeah, going while you're cool. looking. Oh, you listen to it. Yeah, yeah I'm I to it right now. I fucking love that riff. Like again, every time I have a bad day as a guitar player and I feel Ooh. like I suck, I just play that fucking riff and it just makes me smile automatically. So huh. yeah, I just listened to like 20 seconds and I wish I could listen to the whole thing. But and no, yeah, that riff that's that's a really cool bass line. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so it, it reminds me of like that that undertow. Uh, anima like tool style yeah and that's and oh that's the other thing i wanted to really touch on so chevelle so i mean obviously they're a they're a bigger band i wouldn't say i mean they they, people know who they are and they get played on the radio a lot but early on in their career they got a lot of shit because most people just basically ripped on them for the tool comparison thing or thought they were just a tool watered down um kind of ripoff so they got a lot of of for for like all of the songs you recommended i mean some of them obviously but i didn't think of like as a ripoff i just kind of thought it was like a yeah this is like the same genre as tool or something like that so for me i hear like some of the similarities but like they are completely different they 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 write completely different styles because like i said the singing um, is also different singing is very very different that's the other thing too is like his vocals get like like the his vocals on the newest album and they just get very like i don't know how to describe them like he usually plays like uh, the best analogy i can make is that he plays it kind of safe like he doesn't really branch out and do a bunch of different types of vocal little flutters or extra experimental noises but he really kind of he really like altered his voice on these last couple or on this last album i loved the singing on the the um so long mother earth and Mars yeah. Simula, those are those are really good singing. Like I said, yeah. like I I connected with like the emotion in his voice, and like I just, yeah, yeah. I I like he did a very good job. That that's one of their best albums I think that they've made besides Hats Off to the Bull. Um, 
So a lot of people like, so ironically, their most popular songs are on that album, Wonder What's Next, that had, um, that had Closure and fucking, God, my mind is blanking. They had a Comfortable Liar, Closure, and Wonder What's Next. There's also a bunch of other songs that are on that album, but those are the ones that people know the most from them, surprisingly. Mm. There's also another song called The Red, and then... Um, yeah, I'm looking at that. It's from Yeah, Wonder What's Next. There we go. Yeah. So that that album, they really got a lot of recognition for. That's that's like some of their classics, but I don't know. I don't find myself listening to that album at all. I find myself listening to the newer stuff because... It just grabs me a lot more, but, um, mm. but yeah, I think that they do a very good job in the stuff that they do, and then they also have a lot of songs that are kind of lost on me, but again, I, I'm not one of those people where I have to love exactly everything that a band does. I feel like it's enough for me to love the songs that somebody puts out, even if it's one song among a discography of multiple albums, and then I only like one of them. So. Yeah, man, no, you're... You're telling the truth. I mean, because you put "Spies" by Coldplay on your playlist. So I like music, man. Music is my yeah, thing. Man. So if I if I like it, I'll listen to it. I don't, you know, like I I don't like I said. I'm, I've never been an albums person, so I'll listen to specific songs and I'll add them to my playlist. So right. if I like that's a song, where we, that's where we disagree. Well, that's the cool thing, man. Like it's it's you can do whatever you want with it. Yeah, because um, obviously, like I have some playlists. I'm just not very good at at, at making them. Because I don't really take into account, like, the, like, okay, here's the thing. For a playlist, I just kind of dump a bunch of songs onto it, and I don't really have any regard later on the line of, like, oh, wait, how is this? And I know you can shuffle a playlist, but at the same time, like, you never know if the order it's being played in is going to be good or stuff like that. And I know that doesn't apply to every single song. Like, oh, this song is not going to sound good before this song, because sometimes it just doesn't matter. But, um... But I think you, uh, and the, like, like, do you structure your playlists in a way that is kind of em, like emulating an album where it's like, oh, I want it to be in this order because I think this flows really well. Like, is no. that how you do yours? No, I tailor mine to specific emotions. So I'll pick similar songs of a vibe that I want to recreate from like a bunch of different bands. So I have a chill playlist. I have an angry one. I have a like late night drive one. I have a lustful one. Um, right, but do it just you depends. like? Do you just, like, dump songs onto it, or do you just, like, put, like, an order on it? No, I don't have an order. I don't have oh, to listen. Oh, got you, got you. Okay. I don't have to listen to songs in a specific order. I just, if they're similar, and then I want to listen to it sequentially. So it's, like, I have, like, all the, I have a bunch of different playlists on my phone, and then if there's a song that I like to think, oh, this would be good on this playlist, I would do that. And I just, I do the shuffle, so it plays them in a random order. Because for me, it doesn't matter as long as I get the same feel out of what I'm trying to feel right for me like the order only matters for because that's the thing when it's like a bunch of different songs from like the same album if they're like if it's an album where like the songs are you know like in in lateralis where the songs like flow into one one like one another i'm i would have a problem with listening to that out of order yeah but um an album like i'm trying to give an example um, something like, like what we listened to, you know, last time with Tim Maya, I would have no problem with listening to that in like a random order. Yeah. Cause it's not designed to be a flowing album. It's just, no. yeah. Well, no, cause that is a compilation also where it's just of the, of, of songs from all these different albums. Yeah. And I mean, the thing with tool, that's why they, I, I don't, so 
I don't know if it, if it was because of the band, but like for the longest time, Tool's music was not on any streaming services. They held off yeah, for a while. Yeah, that's what I heard. And I was the, like, what the hell? Well, I, th- I mean, the reason that people say that they gave them, like I said, I don't know if this is the actual reason, was that it ruins the experience of listening to them because their albums really are structured in a way where you have to listen from front to back to really enjoy them, especially when they have you know songs that go into other songs because the one thing, and I do agree, because the one thing that's really fucking annoying, especially at work, is when they play like, you know, the the parable and parabola, and like they only play the intro, and then as soon as it builds up to the guitar, it just changes to the next song, and it fucking irritates me every time that happens. They don't play them in yeah. sequence. Yeah, and um, so I kind of get yeah. it from that standpoint. Or when you hear the Holy Trinity out of order, because that, those three songs are just like it's perfect. Yeah, and honestly, you know what my favorite, and this is this is a really stupid, super super fucking subtle thing that I love is um, on Ten Thousand Days where intention goes into right in two, it's mm. like the smoothest track. Like I don't even hear like the like the subtle click, you know, of like the next track being started. Like it just fucking goes right into it's super smooth, and it definitely ends at that song and then when right and two begins is when it starts so like it's just the the transition is flawless between song to song but you'd never know it because it ends fine like it the best way i can describe it like it ends like a like a soft wind blowing but it just carries it right into the next riff and then the riff sounds really good with that wind so it's just when you listen to that song you wouldn't realize it but then when you listen to them back to back it's like holy shit yeah you're like do you know what yeah, I'm talking cause about? And that, yeah, because you're part? like the first song. Yeah, no, ex- exactly. Yeah, you're talking about how like the first one, like it, it, you, you like you, you don't have to listen to it and be disappointed that it's not going into the next one because it, it's complete already. But yeah, I mean, no, right. In, I love right in two. Right in two is fucking awesome. Yeah, so that the the ending part of intention into that song, I think, is super. I mean, you're definitely gonna miss that if you don't listen to the album. So. Stuff like that. Yeah, Tool's kind of hard to listen out of sequence too, but I mean, I I still do it. It's it whatever. depends. You I, you could listen to like a um like different songs from the albums and stuff like that. Yeah, I I think that's only true if you're just listening to songs that are from one album. You know. Yeah. I think the one thing that is kind of cool about liking them as a band though is the one thing that the majority of people that don't like listening through music can't stand is the amount of patience that it takes to listen to them um because of you (laughs) well no seriously like i mean it's a hard concept for people that are like used to like not listening to a song that's above four minutes and 30 seconds and then to have them listen to a 13 minute song and not get bored from front to back like it's sometimes it's a tall order if they're not been exposed to that yeah man almost like every song on um on fear inoculum all the ones that aren't just like the weird cryptic stuff yeah those are all like 13 minutes and there i i am never bored at any moment listening to any one of those songs it's yeah. insane like the last track um i saw this comment it depicted it perfectly it, it was like quote unquote let's make a song that is that emulates every single era of our of our music and i think that was very true yeah, a lot of bands that put out newer albums Tempest, that have been yeah, around. Tempest, yeah, that's the name of the song. Yeah, Tempest. A lot of bands have been around for a minute, and they put their, uh, it's like their opus. So it's like every, you know, album or change that they've made has been represented in that one song. A lot of bands kind of do that, whether intentionally or not. 
Um, so it is kind of cool to see that with newer, because sometimes like newer albums can be disappointing if you've been waiting for a while and then it just doesn't live up to the hype or whatever. So, or if it just feels like it's not as well constructed as the previous ones. But then there are also ones where it's like, you know, this matured very well and it's a good representation of all the stuff that they've done in the past. So I felt yeah, that I've... a lot on their album. Yeah, Fear, Inoculum. Fear Inoculum, I think the disappointment, I don't know if it went away, but I think a lot of it was just like the, like you said, it's just like that, that hype and like all that stuff. And then it's just like, yeah, I think it's because is... like, it's like people and this is, this is not really their fault because Tool doesn't really fucking do that many promotions or not that active on social media. No, don't, I'm pretty sure, don't they hate their fans? <laughs> like they yeah, Maynard them, does. Don't I don't they? know about the rest of Maynard fucking hates their fans so much. I mean, I don't blame him because like... I don't. I mean, I've been to a couple of Tool concerts. I mean, most people are cool, but like, there's a lot of really pretentious, just douchey Tool fans out there. I think they honestly have the worst fan base of any ever band that I like. Really? So, what are, like, what do they do? They're just very judgmental. They don't like. They think that every other music is bad because they listen to Tool. Like, they're just not fun I, to talk with. Um, and like, they'll shit uh, on stuff I, you like I for am, no reason. I'm guilty about that. Um, yeah, but I like, think... they're they're cork sniffers to the max. Like, it's it's to the point where it's just like. You, like this shouldn't get you that mad like just enjoy it you know what i mean like it, like it pisses them off that other things besides tool exist it's just very strange but yeah so i don't i don't blame him their fan base is fucking awful on that note though um there are a lot of cool people that are into a lot of different genres of music like i said because if you have the patience to like a 13 minute song then you must like other types of music supposedly but but yeah no i i think the disappointment is because they've been like news articles and other places have been hyping this album for 13 fucking years. They were involved with a lawsuit. They weren't allowed to release new music. They were trying to perfect it and all this other shit. And Maynard was actually getting a lot of the blame for the oh, new yeah. album not being released because he was so focused on other projects like, you know, a perfect circle and Pussifer. But it really was because the music was just, you know, it, it kept getting revised. And like he, he was on Joe Rogan. He basically was like, you know, I only put vocals to complete songs. So if they haven't completed the songs and I can't put my vocals on it. So I was, you know, doing other projects while they were refining the music. So a lot of people blamed him for the delay of the album, but it really wasn't his fault. But I think that's because mm -hmm. like when I listened to it, I was disappointed because I feel like there are longer instrumental sections on this album than there have been in the, I mean, obviously Tool is known for having long musical interludes with no vocals mm. in between them, but this one, it felt like it was the longest. So I was disappointed that he didn't really, it felt like he was, he went lazy on this one. But he just didn't add as many vocals as I wanted him to, but I grew to kind of, this one aged a little bit nicer for me. I, I like listening I think, to it yeah, a lot. Yeah, I think it aged like fine wine man like yeah. and he, even the vocals like even if he has a lack of vocals which it does i don't really even really feel that but the vocals i absolutely adore them because like I, I i think i mentioned you this before but like um i love fear inoculum because it's like it's their most emotional album it's their most like heartfelt album i think you you can tell that they're like older you know like they're like almost older and wiser if you know what i'm saying right um, and I love like Fear Inoculum has this, and honestly, I think it's a little like it can. Be, I mean, despite all of like the cryptic songs in between all of like the traditional songs, it's honestly I think their most palatable album for like the average person. Despite the fact that the songs are like 15 minutes long, I, think I don't the know. Actual... This one takes a little bit of patience to listen to. I don't think this is their most. I mean, 
I think it's their like their most soothing album. Like I feel like he, they don't do a yeah, bunch of weird way, shit that, on this that's, one. That's what I'm saying because I I sh- I showed my mom calling voices. She was like, "Huh, this is actually kind of nice." <laughs> yeah, they have a lot of stuff that's easy to listen to. What I'm saying is like it's like they're like it takes for people that don't listen well, to them. It points. takes a lot yeah, of patience that's... to listen to it. Yeah, like the the other stuff, like you're saying, to appreciate is yeah, but like yeah, I mean, Tool they have a bunch of like they didn't do any really weird shit on this album like they've done in their previous ones. Like, no, there's, yeah, it, it's there's no edgy least... themes. I don't even think he cusses once on this album. I don't think. No, he. I think he he says the words cookies and cream. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, like, I, only he can do that and make it sound cool. <laughs> fuck, man, I I didn't realize that until just now. I don't think he cusses at all on this album. No, and like I don't. I mean, obviously, calling voices is about like dying animals. But like other than that, yeah, like you're saying, like a lot of the like, especially um, in which is the song? God, I I hate the fact that I don't remember the names of. I do remember the names of these songs, but wait, hold on. It's um, Invincible. Oh, I love because Invincibles is just about like, like you know, being a soldier and like persevering and like yeah. how like you're just you're your whole life is just like it's completely just like fucked and you're just flipped over and like a lot of i was reading the comments in in this in like the youtube um video of that song about like a bunch of people that were like soldiers in like whatever conflict it was talking about how like man like i went through some shit and this just hits me like on a different level like the lyrics the the way the invincible sounds and oh man like it's just it's such a good gym song because like when he comes back and he's just like the like the warriors just struggling. Oh, it's so good, man. It's good shit. Oh, man. I'm not laughing at your attempt to do that. It's just that you did it in a different way. It was just it was just funny for some reason. Um, warriors just struggling. It's really good. And obviously, the opening track is like has that kind of entrancing, um, like trippy riff going on, which I really like. I think it's interesting because to me, like that's one of their one of his more straightforward um, lyrics that he's written. Like it, he usually has a bunch of other meanings for shit in the majority of their songs, and that's the one where he was super straight up about it, which was odd. For like when I first listened to it, I was like, I wasn't like cringed by it, but it almost like it was just like this is really out of place for him to just do like these straightforward lyrics like this. Oh, in in Fear Inoculum or in, no, in, Invin- in, in Invincible. Yeah, I know. It was a change of pace, and I love the lyrics. the The one in the beginning, it just gets to me where he's um. It's it's right. I have the lyrics right now. Yeah, it's it's bellow aloud, bold and proud of where I've been, but here I am. You know, it's just like, man, I've been through fucking lot, and like I've I'm just like a different person now. You know, it's definitely the most like single level stuff that he's written, which is very very strange because, and I think that was part of my disappointment. It doesn't bother me though. It doesn't bother me because I can just appreciate it for what it is now. But when I like that was part of the, re- I, I'm just trying to remember back when I first listened to it and I was disappointed because I didn't like the lyrics on this album at all. When I first listened to them, I thought they like. That's what I'm saying. My my whole problem with it was his like not his vocal performances because I think, it, dude, he's a fucking he's an old fucking man. He's like in his mid fifties. Like it, like he's getting up there. So the fact that he can love del- like deliver, especially live too, because he. A lot of these guys from the '90s fucked their voice so much by doing the screaming that they did, not yeah, being like professional. James Hetfield. <laughs> yeah, James Hetfield, fucking the guy from Deftones, also. They had no Metallica. Literally has to 
they have to tone their music like a whole step down yeah <laughs> because like, they're fucking older it's really that's, yeah bad. most bands like tool does that for um the pot i think they do that in drop c um, oh that he can't do it no it's too fucking high that's what Man, i'm saying these guys oh, are older they I can't like that song that, yeah. we got that's that's the one thing i had to remember is like these guys aren't in their prime anymore they're all fucking old dudes like they True. so i was not mad at his vocal performance i felt like especially for his age and how long they've been around like i think he did a very very good vocal takes i just wasn't like i thought his lyrics weren't that good on this album and i mean i still kind of feel that way now compared to their other shit because i loved his lyrics like his lyrics meant a lot to me on a majority of their albums but for this one except for numa numa is really the only song with the lyrics where i i think are the best numa is that is that's a good song <laughs> yeah so i um, i think in terms of lyrics that's really the only song that grabs me but yeah you're not going i don't know i i like yeah. i like the whimsical lyrics on that one but um but yeah so i think that's that that kind of that and I also like going back to the Chevelle thing. Like I think a lot of Tool fans like hated Chevelle for that reason, which I think they went on tour with Tool. If I'm not mistaken, they probably toured with them once or twice. Wow. So it's like you can't get mad at a band that tours with a, another band. You claim for ripping them off. Like if the band doesn't see it that way, it's enough to take them on tour. You know, <laughs> like yeah. Then like yeah, it's like you don't get to speak for the band. Like shut the yeah. fuck up. <laughs> and they might. I I think they ha- they might have not. I don't know. But like that. I think they have toured together before if i'm not mistaken but i could be wrong about that or they could have been on the same festival lineup i'm not sure but i'm pretty sure they've toured together um but yeah no i i i enjoy both of them for that reason i think again like chevelle is one of those bands takes a couple listens also takes a little bit of patience even though the majority of their songs aren't that long but the riffs are catchy and i enjoy their melodies Cause I mean I like um you're talking about I'm used to the, like the metal songs where they're like seven minutes long or something like that. Yeah. Um, at least you know, cause I just love long intros, man. Like reflection is is always comes back to these podcasts because I can relate it to almost anything. I just it I it I, it I can't believe a song has a four minute intro. And, <laughs> it's crazy and, like, when you think about it. I know. Like I showed it to my little sister and she was like wait is there ever gonna be lyrics she, she thought that's, like the song was gonna be over <laughs> that's always the dude if you watch reactions or like you show it to your friends you're like when's the singing start or like if you show them a live video they're like where is he standing where is he <laughs> yeah, like oh he's no. in the back in the shadows with no light like they're like why i'm like i don't know he's a fucking weird right. guy because if he was in the forefront he'd be in a wig and a bra or he'd be painted blue like he's a, and he wouldn't be singing so it's like what the fuck else is he gonna do yeah he's just <laughs> awkwardly dancing like a fucking mummy but um, the one th- I yeah. think it's interesting. I don't think I've ever asked you what was your introduction to listening to this kind of music, or like what kind of got you. Was it Metallica? The Tool, or just metal no, just to general. this whole genre, like to get to the side. I am trying to go back Cause, because, like, when I first met you, um, you were really into classical music. So I don't know if you were into this kind of music at that time, or if you just were a little bit and then it just got me? stronger. Or, you know, huh? like that's what I told you I was into. Yeah, when you first when I was showing you different types of classical for those of you who don't know i i met him i met willie boy here at work he came in looking for a guitar to buy so i was showing him different classical guitars that we had because the only reason why i was doing that because oh, you were influenced you're saying, oh I'm, I'm sorry for interrupting but like spanish classical music like on the on the guitar yeah like flamenco or right. whatever okay, the okay. Fuck. i thought you were talking about like beethoven which I no 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 no, no like like okay. classical guitar spanish in style right so that's when i that's what i knew when i first met you Oh, I still liked Tool at the time. I just hadn't listened to as much of them. Okay, like, so the you only... still liked them at the time. 
I did, but I had only knew, I only knew like a few songs of them. But the songs I did know were really good. I had listened to them in I think like like the previous like six months before I met you. Um, they were recommended to me by a friend, Sam. If you're listening to this, thank you so much for recommending Tool for me. They have been my favorite band ever. <laughs> um, but I so when I was growing up. Most of the music I listened to was just music that my brother or my dad listened to. And anything they listened to, I would just automatically think is good. Um, and I still like a, 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 a good bit of those songs. But at the same time, there's a lot of stuff where I was like, all right, what was I doing? <laughs> you, know? Um, you know, like with like the dubstep and all these like random like techno songs, which some of the techno songs are still pretty hype. But at the same time, I was like, what was I doing? Um I tried and like, well, okay. And then after that, I got into a lot of like the shitty rap phase where you're just listening to like really bad rap music because you think it's cool, it's popular, and it'll like make you cool and it doesn't. Um, but so I can after that, relate, but on a different level. Right. Um, but so after that, um, when I started hanging out with these new friends, um, I had this, this friend who he was wearing, he, he would always wear band shirts he would be wearing like a like a metallica shirt or like an iron maiden shirt a megadeth shirt all these different bands or like Soundgarden, um black sabbath all these things like all these these big name classic rock and metal bands and i was like i had heard of these bands but i had never actually listened to them um but so then i gave metallica a try and i was like this is really cool and obviously, my introduction to Metallica was Enter Sandman, which to this day, I, I don't really listen to that song anymore. Yeah, I think it's everybody's introduction to them. I know, honestly, but it, or Master it, makes, Puppets. it makes absolutely no sense because Enter Sandman is like leagues away from their best song. Yeah, but that's the one that they can play on the radio and everybody, you can dance to that song. Like, uh, Yeah, okay. I guess you can say that's like every time I go to somewhere like too. a restaurant or a bar or a club like people like that's the like they'll play shitty pop and rap songs all night but then they'll just throw out inner sandman and people still enjoy it so i hear that song everywhere <laughs> out so yeah um, um also so i got into so i listened to the black album and then after that i listened to um parts because that's the thing that was at the time when i didn't listen to like every song in the album it's like if i didn't like the first 10 seconds i would just not listen to it you know yeah. So obviously, I listened to the songs from, um, I'm trying, to, uh, um, Ride the Lightning, where it's like, oh yeah, those first few song, those first first few seconds, like really get me into it, like in For Whom the Bell Tolls, which is still a badass song, yeah, and Creeping Death and and things like that. But I had never actually, li I never listened to their whole album, so there was just so much stuff by them that I was just missing out on, um. And the biggest, the biggest example of that is Injustice, because Justice, I think every song on that album is just fucking awesome. I love the riffs. I love the lyrics. I love the just like the the energy of it. It's badass. It has a bunch of these sleeper pick songs like Harvester of Sorrow. That's like my sleeper pick for best Metallica song. Yeah, I like I, that's a good song. I do like that song. And like it's not, 
so much of like a oh it's headbangers bro like the black album is very much like that it's a little more mainstream i still like the black album but it does come off as a little more mainstream and trying to be more palatable but i think justice has just like that perfect mix of just like this is headbangers but at the same time like it is metal and it has these awesome riffs and it has these awesome solos like i think justice has the best solos yeah um but so after metallica um i got into obviously i still there's still bands from like that my dad listened to and my brother like coldplay the beatles um stuff like that where i liked those bands or there was just classic rock songs here and there where i was like oh yeah i like that like certain songs from queen and then um just like things here and there but then i i never actually got really into metal until tool so metallica was your introduction to you know pique your interest and then once it was recommended to you for tool then it was just it then you just want to be more dive into the genre yeah um yeah yeah, so it was like it was like metallica and then i guess like the heaviest thing i listened to after that was probably pantera oh yeah pantera was big for me in high school i loved pantera there is still i still have only listened to a few songs from them i there's a lot of their (sighs) stuff that i have not listened to they're interesting i (laughs) when i was younger i just i love the attitude pantera and I liked the, I loved his lyrics and I love how, I, I thought it was, a lot of it was really funny the way like the, you know, the Southern rebel don't give a fuck, you know, goofy lyrics that they had on some of the stuff. But they also like, he had a lot of, a lot of pro, like let, pro pound. I was trying to say profound. I was thinking of propane because they're from Texas. <laughs> pro pound. Um, I, they have a lot of profound stuff as well, but dude, he, <laughs> When I listen back to them now, I think it's because I, I, it was more of the teenage angst. I, I think a lot of their fucking lyrics are stupid now, and he's kind of a cringe. I mean, he he goes back and forth for me, but my favorite quote. <laughs> so he was a big drug addict and drinking, and that basically ruined his voice. Like you listen to Cemetery Gates, and it's like holy fuck, he sounds like he could be you know neoclassical. But then nowadays you like he just fucking mumbles his way through shit. So it was kind of depressing yeah. to see his downfall, but. My favorite, like, pseudo quote comes from him. He's like, I thought I was stronger than heroin. I was wrong. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, dude, he's a fucking idiot, but I love him. That is but yeah, I, I enjoyed Pantera so much back in the day. I love their riffs. I love the southern, you know, summertime vibes that they gave. I, I was big into Pantera. Oh, I forgot to mention um, another big band. So it was like Metallica. And then Sublime, my friends introduced me to. Thank you, Sam, for that again. Um, Sublime. (laughs) Sublime is just, I was just like, man, I really like this chill, summertime, beachy, reggae stuff. I was like, this is fucking cool, man. Um, Like, Smoke Two Joints, that song is, ah, every time that comes on, I have to sing it. Like, I have to just (laughs) sing it and just be, like, jamming Bob of my head. It's so awesome. Yeah. Sublime is one of those things where it's like, I I hate the douchey fan base that they have and all the... Oh, agreed. All the dude bros that listen to them, but, like, I'm not gonna lie, I do like some of their songs. I'm not the... I mean, I do like reggae, and... I, I don't really ha- I don't really actually know that much about Sublime, so like I don't really ever have a problem with them. I just think it's their fan base has really ruined it for me. 
but yeah. I, I do love a lot of their songs. And I think now I'm getting back into it and I'm, I'm liking more of this. Like, I didn't grow up with them, so I just always assume, I don't know, I just I kind of stay away from them for whatever reason. But going back and listening to them now, I, I enjoy them. Um, but when I was younger, I listened, I, rap was like the first genre that I think I listened to. Um, and okay. I listened to really aggressive rap. So uh, for some reason, like I, the only bands or the only bands, the only people that I listened to was Eminem and Insane Clown Posse. And very, very edgy, just gross, disgusting lyrics and imagery and themes. Yeah. But also I liked it because <laughs> I like nobody, I thought like nobody was saying the shit that, you know, those guys were saying. And I thought it was like, I just, the no, fact and that they would say that in their lyrics, how like, yeah. they're like, the fact that people sanitize the shit out of everything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like it's really anti-censorship. So I'm a big fan of all that shit. But I think yeah, it's no, kudos I, to Eminem for doing that. Yeah, and I think it was very, very fascinating that they were able to get away with saying the stuff that they got away with saying. I know. Um, well, not. I mean, obviously, they, they got pushed back and they got shit, but, like, they've had very long careers, and, you know. Yeah, honestly, Eminem is kind of like the Tarantino of, like, rap music. Yeah, so I, I when I so. listen, <laughs> yeah, when, when I listen to him back, I don't cringe as much, but, like, when I listen to ICP, I cringe a lot. I I mean, they have a lot of, I mean, I'll go on record right now. They have a lot of really good songs, and I think they're very, very fucking creative. I think they get, again, their fan base is just fucking awful to the point that, where the FBI. Is ICP like the, um, is that Dr. Dre and Jay-Z? <laughs> no, that's, guys? that's, um, fucking D 12 It's another group, but no, ICP is Insane Clown Posse. They're these two guys that dress up in clown get up and face paint and they like rap okay. about murdering people and shit like it's it's Man, like i don't a, think i ever listened to them i'm gonna you know what i'm gonna recommend you an album you're gonna fucking lose your Fuck. mind that's gonna be the next okay. one i'm doing it right. we're going icp so is this gonna be like you're gonna I fucking am... be amazed about what these guys oh i'm gonna pick the worst ones too all right this better oh, this not is be... gonna be so right. fucking funny okay so for context Never yeah they're just they're <laughs> these two guys from detroit they're two white guys and they oh okay i didn't yeah they dress up like clowns and they just rap about the most vulgar shit like you can like just gross explicit sexual lyrics creative murdering lyrics but it's just like their whole gimmick is that they just work for this evil dark murdering you know carnival and their albums are joker's cards and everything has a concept and like their their main sort of theme through the song was like they were the ones that you know they they had abusive parents when they grew up and they had they they got you know in trouble with gangs they were in a gang and they had drug issues and shit so it's like their lyrics always talk about you know like killing people that are abusive or just pedophiles or lawyers and politicians they were kind of like the they they were they they wanted to be presented as vigilantes in their music. That's kind of the theme they were going for, just with a side gimmick of clownery. <laughs> but their music is really fucking cringy. But they also have a lot of really good songs too. I think, and they they're one of those bands like they they're really cool guys, and their fan base ruined it because their fan base they're called Juggalos, and like they're just like these white trash guys that they just dress in clown makeup and pretend to be gangsters and just cause problems enough to the point where the FBI labeled them as a gang at one point and then That's they really stupid. they they tried to sue the FBI to get that label taken off so it's just a fucking nightmare and i when i go back and listen to the stuff that i loved in high school it's like damn this is one of those things that's really dated to me but, but yeah so i listened to that kind of shit first and then I delved more into, you know, Rage Against the Machine and Slipknot were the first two bands that I got into. And I really got into them because 
of the guitar. You know, I really I was learning to play guitar at the time, so that was the shit that I really mm. got into. Then I got into Pantera, then I got into Tool and Mastodon, and then it just branched out from there. Um, yeah. I, for some reason, I was never big into Metallica. Like I I liked their songs, but like nothing ever grabbed me enough to play it or just really, really? listen to the. Okay. I don't know why. Because that's where a lot of people start. Most people that got into metal start with Metallica. Yeah, either like Metallica or Megadeth or something like that. Yeah, and Megadeth is, which is crazy, because a lot of people that don't like metal like Megadeth. And Megadeth is one of those bands where, well, like, I mean, they're not an extreme band, but just like, like I said, their song structure is a lot more pressing. I'm sorry, that's the wrong word. A lot more um, tedious than most. Like, if you haven't listened to metal before, like, their song structure is kind of tedious. Um. I guess. More than Metallica's, um, I would say. There's still a good bit of Megadeth that I have not listened to, but I have li- I've listened to Peace Cells. That's a good ass album. Yeah, that's 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 classic. Their their first album is like it's kinda unsophisticated and I was like this is fine, but I, I think I only gave it like one listen. I, I might go listen to it again, but I'm not I, I'm not thinking any day like, oh yeah, I'm going back to listen to Meta- uh, Megadeth's first album. <laughs> yeah, give them um, a listen, man. They're I they're, should, but... they're fun. I lo- their riffs are really fucking hard to play, so it's a good practice for me to keep up, like playing uh, Tornado of Souls oh, or uh, Holy I... War. Dude, Tornado of Souls is like yeah. the that that album's Holy Wars, right? Yeah, I think. Yeah, so. oh, I love that album, like Tornado of Souls. Oh man, that's yeah, always I, I, on in the I, gym. I, I, yeah. I don't remember. I, it might be on that. I have no fucking idea. I didn't, it is. I don't no, no, remember. no, it is. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, so yeah. that one's like, that one's a fucking bitch. Like, it, I mean, it, it's, yeah, it sounds, you know, difficult, but like, it doesn't sound like it's that difficult. Like, especially since I've been playing it for a while or metal for a while, but like, that one just is a bitch because you have to be precise. Like, most of, like, like most riffs you play where like one finger goes on one note for the change it's it's, you have to be suit your timing has to be fucking because like if you're off a little bit it just sounds super wanky and sloppy so like every time i play that song and i get like even like remotely close it like makes me feel good but like also other times is like fuck man i need to tighten this up because it's a fucking bitch man but um do you enjoy so like do you overall like you do or you don't play like like playing their stuff megadeth as like a whole yeah i enjoy it it's, i like so it's it's simultaneously frustrating and enlightening i like being able to learn and practice things that are more difficult than my skill level so i can you know so it can make me a better player also it's more humbling to like you need to be knocked on your ass and yeah, i think that's beginners that's the one thing that they're most frustrated with is the fact that like you need to be okay, like especially you've been playing guitar for years. You need to be okay with playing shit bad out of time, um, from time to time. You just need to be okay with it. You're gonna play wrong notes. You're gonna miss your mark. Like it just happens. And I think it's you know, if nothing, even if you can't play that music to the level that's being presented on the record, or even close, or even you know half the speed. It makes you a better player with other simple things. So like other songs that you know how to play, it just makes you better at playing those and you can do cooler little tricks and tidbits on it. So regardless if you can, you know, practice, because I always feel like I, I try to practice really difficult music and I never really get there. And then when I go back and play some of the simple stuff, it just makes me a better player. And I, I like more of that sort of thing, or I can write something more, a little bit different than I would have if I didn't, you know, mm-hmm. listen to this complex riff. So I feel yeah. like. 
if, mm-hmm. I feel like it's important to play sure. really difficult shit or at least try to learn how to play because you never because like for my problem I just don't have the time and you know let me be very specific with that because everybody says they don't have the time like I like I I play in a band I work full time I have a fucking girlfriend so it's like anytime I develop to music I want to write and I, my the music I write is simple so like I'd rather like play music that I enjoy listening to or just something that's very soothing or something that just kind of strikes you know heartstrings than you know sit there for fucking three hours trying to practice one really difficult riff so that's kind of where my interest lies at the moment um i'm sure i'll pick up that kind of interest again but for right now i I don't feel like taking the time to sit there and practice the same thing over and over again especially when i have other songs to learn because i'm recording a record with them at the moment so it's just it's it's yeah. it just takes so much fucking time to get to that level if you don't have natural skill. Yeah, that was I had a similar situation with uh, Vietnamese. I had a my first class today in like a while, in like a over a month, and I'm kind I have made the decision that I'm like yeah I'm I'm gonna stop Vietnamese. Um, I did get a lot out of it though. Because I had a similar situation where, like you said, because when you were learning all this difficult music, it made you be able to play the easier stuff even easier and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. um, because that's, that's the thing. Because there was times where I'd be like, oh, my Spanish is so bad or oh, my Portuguese is so bad. And then I would take my Vietnamese class and I'd be like, oh, my Spanish is fantastic. Yeah. Because you know? Vietnamese was just so like soul crushingly hard. Yeah. I was so- just like, Yeah there's value in this <laughs> and it's it's honestly just a testament to the way our brains are wired it, we're very specific creatures so there's you know you can psych yourself out to progress and the one method that is very similar to all this is when you're trying and this helps me a lot when you're trying to play a really fast riff you're supposed to you're supposed to start at a slower tempo make sure you're in time and then you you know you slowly build up and you know increase the tempo and then you just keep going and going and going until you get to the tempo that you want to go to but sometimes you have to kind of trick your and suck yourself out because if you're just you so used to practicing at a slow speed it's going to take you for fucking ever sometimes you just have to play fast sloppy and then tighten it up a little bit and notice like because a lot of it's in your wrist so you know playing fast comes from fluid motion in your wrist if you try to do it from your forearm i'm not saying it's not doable because some people do play that way i have the i I'm more self-taught on guitar than I am on bass. So when I learned how to play fast, I just did it more from my forearm. It's really fucking me up now because there's techniques that I have to do that I can't do with my forearm that I have to do mainly with my wrist. So it's just unlearning bad habits to do that. And it's just, it's difficult trying to learn a song with an improper technique, especially at a high speed. So, you know, what you can do is like you try to play fast or sloppy and then you bring the tempo back down to what it's supposed to be. So you, you go past the beats per minute of the thing that you're learning and then you go back down to what it is, and then your brain's like, oh, this is a lot slower, it's just going to be less difficult, even though it's faster than what you can already play, but just because you try to learn it at a faster, faster tempo, now your brain's like, oh, this is easier because it's not as quick, and then you can learn to play a little bit more in time with the metronome, so there's a trick to that, too. Yeah, it's the same thing in weightlifting, because, like, the whole point of, yeah, because it's like you need to do heavier weight sometimes so that, like, it tricks your brain into, like, because like when you do have your weight you you know you're gonna be tighter you're gonna wanna like your form is just gonna wanna be like perfect you're gonna brace harder you're gonna 
use all of the fibers in your muscles to to lift this thing and so when it's light when it's light like or like when you're starting light and you only go light you know you never really think of that because like yeah. you're not thinking like oh this is heavy as fuck i need to do all of this stuff to make sure it, i get it up and i and i, and I get it up well right so like and like if you're never used to that you're just like oh this feels weird or like eh, whatever but like when you go heavy like it just it it tricks your brain like oh no i need to be like i need to get this up and i need to use every single thing possible to do it and when you go back to the lightweight you're like whoo this feels great <laughs> you yeah. know so i guess yeah i guess that's just, psychologically that's just a universal concept we're just wired to do things at a very specific right. point and then you have to psych ourselves out to do more than we're capable of to make that thing seem easier but what's interesting to me is like i mean i i i i'm not a big fucking dude but i've it feels like i've been in the gym my whole life i don't know why like i did a bunch of sports growing up football basketball soccer <laughs> so i was always in the fucking gym or at least doing something slightly physical and also doing a bunch of manual labor lifting furniture for companies and shit like i just that's what i've been done doing my whole life but for me it feels like my form is not as good if it's a like I don't know because I'm not really experienced in weightlifting. I'm going to the gym again more now, so I'm kind of just getting back into it a little bit. But I feel like, especially I don't know if it's a motion that I'm not used to, so that's why I feel like my form is improper, or I feel like I'm not using the right muscle groups to do it. But I feel like I, I have to start off a little bit slower to or a little bit lighter to get the motion down, and then build it up from there. Even though I can physically move more with my strength, I just I feel like I'm right. doing it wrong when I do it. So that's why it kind of fucking trips me out a bit. Yeah, that 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 you're right. And a, a lot of these um these big compound movements, which I would recommend doing if you're not, which are just you know the things like bench, squat, and deadlift. Those are like essential. Like I I would say like you need to do those if you want to build like strength, endurance, size, aesthetics, all these things. Those are right. like what you're going to want to do because they work like all of these different muscle groups simultaneously. And also the form on all of those, they're not as simple as you think it is. Like bench isn't just lifting something off of your chest and deadlift is not just lifting something off the ground. And squat is not just go, like, going down with a bar on top of your your like your, your shoulders and just going back up. Like right. there's a lot of these subtle things and nuances to the form. And like, like you need these this like muscle like sorry you need this like mind muscle connection, which can be it, it can be hard to develop. But like over time, when you just see all these things and you record yourself and you um, you ask questions and you just kind of just do trial and error and go heavy and then go light, um, like you you can just really feel that like man. I'm getting stronger because like when you're doing the proper form and you you take what you've learned and you apply it like I just think there's no better feeling than that than than just like actually making that that progress you know and it's the same thing like we were talking about in in guitar in anything like any kind of skill any hobby yeah so but, I yeah I yeah. agree and I I don't do any of those like when I go I just do the standard machines and all the other plebeians go to I feel like if I was going to do cuz like like I said like I can I can hold my own I could probably go to the gym do bench pressing you know squatting and then deadlifting and not injure myself like I I at least know the right like not you know the right forms not injure myself but I feel like to really get as much out of it I feel like I'd have to work with a trainer on those ones um but I mean, you could you could just ask questions. I mean, that's what I did. Cause yeah, yeah, um, I know. 
All right. But uh, obviously those lifts, they do take more effort. You know, you have to like load up the weight manual and stuff like that. But I think you do simultaneously get a lot of benefit out of that. Yeah, I think anything that you, because I don't know, like I, I don't, I really don't know the science behind, like this is not my area. I just know like the, what you do to not overload yourself and what you do to avoid injury and that shit. So that's really as more as my knowledge goes. Um, but I, for, I think it just also depends. Like I don't, I'm not going to the gym to get stronger. I'm just trying to stay healthy and maintain. Cause like I, I'm not like, I don't want to have more rudimentation in my life. I don't have to wake up and plan my meals and plan. I just want to go and re- I like, don't I don't really do that. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, I'm, it's more of a release for me. I, I feel good after I do it. I don't even care if it changes how I look. I just want to, you know, sustain yeah. my life on this planet and, I think that's why it like alleviates it alleviates a lot of stress and it makes me feel good. I don't feel like I feel like if I sit here and do nothing all day, even if it's practicing music, I feel like shit. I need to go do something. Yeah, because um, so like we really don't have the out balance of, of like the because like you know yeah exactly playing music is great and reading is great, but it's like if you're, that's all you're doing in the day, like you need that yeah. that physical activity to just balance it out. Yeah, you need to train your mind yeah. and your body, and that's that's kind of what yeah, I exactly. be. I want to be the full circle, but. Also, too, I and that's what I was talking to you off podcast about. I didn't realize the science of saunas and how fucking good that is for you and how much stress it alleviates. Um, and obviously, there's people can make claims without as much evidence, but there is a little bit more evidence coming out about how good they are for you in all these different ways. But um, I don't know. I, I Without going too much into it, basically, um, for the longest time, I... I don't know. I don't know why I feel like I don't know why I feel like bringing this up. I I feel like getting a little bit more um, sentimental on this one. I had a so long story short. I was when I was in a community college. I had a really bad fucking semester because I was going through some personal shit with the person I was dating, and then also for some reason it felt like it was my my chest was making these very weird like. Not like skipping a beat, but like it was this very warm, hot, gritty, like it was just I felt like my heart was like there's something wrong with it and it freaked me out and it like threw me into like this really awful anxiety and like it was to the point where like I would lose sleep and like I was just I was fucking going crazy because I didn't know what the shit was and I'd made the mistake of going on Google and then WebMDing it and then just freaking out about it because you know, like I said, you don't fuck with your heart. You can wake up and if you have a problem, you're done. Um, so I had all that shit happen and like the last straw of me, like, okay, I'm going to the doctor was I, um, I woke up and I had a panic attack, like physical, like it was bad. Like my heart was beating. I was sweating. Like I was disoriented. I was, I literally thought I was going to die and I was stone sober. So nothing was influencing me. It was, I was literally sleeping in my bed and then I woke up and it was full panic attack. So I went to the doctor Mm, and you know, the fact that like, it's the point now where, I used to when I like I don't even want to know what my heart rate is because it freaked me out so much and then I knew like if I was freaked out then my heart would race and then it would be worse and the blood pressure would go up um so basically I went to the doctor they just said you know it is kind of high but your lower number the bottom number is low so it's definitely from stress so I don't think it's a medical problem what it ended up being was I was taking fish pills like those oh like uh those fish oil pills Oh, and yeah, yeah. it was giving me a bad reaction to where like it would like it would make me like really gassy but in my upper like stomach so it felt like it was oh, coming man. like the pain was coming through my heart so it wasn't even related to my fucking heart at all um and 
around this, like I said, I was going through some really bad shit and I went to therapy over it and the majority of my therapy was due to anxiety. And like literally the first day my therapist was like, you know, I don't need medication for you. I think that you just have a really bad case of general anxiety and it was triggered from a single event. And it's clear that, you know, you can still function because I was still functional. Like I didn't have, you know, I wasn't like staying in my bed and not showering or anything like that. Like I was still going to work and I was, you know, hiding mm. my, you know, bullshit from everybody for a little bit. And I was like, okay, I can't take this anymore. But anyway, so mm. I, I learned a lot of self-discipline because I look back at my life and there's a lot of shit that, you know, I reacted to because of just being severely nervous and anxious about things. And the reason why I made this long segue was because, you know, that's kind of what exercising does to me. Like it alleviates my anxiety. It makes me feel good. It makes me, you know, good to know that my body is going to be running at a better performance because I'm doing this. And especially like reading how like, you know, your heart works better in a sauna and it sweats out all these toxins. So I think that's really the most important thing for me when it comes to working out is just learning the self-discipline. Yeah, for me, I mean, obviously, it's it's a similar way. I mean, I was not suffering from anxiety. I was just kind of really depressed because I moved my junior year of high school from New Orleans all the way to, like, just average Joe, Virginia. <laughs> and you grew up like, there, right? Like, you like you didn't move around yeah. at all. Like, you're, you lived in there no, for the I, longest time before you moved. I did, yeah. So, uh, my dad moved here because he got a job at the hill um for 2017 and so that was when i was in eighth grade and so from eighth grade my dad was just he wasn't really with us you know like he was he was he was living in dc because he was he had like a just a once in a lifetime opportunity job and I, it was really nice um but then he, he wasn't with us for eighth grade and then ninth grade you know he's doing the same job wasn't really with i mean he would come back it's like, you know, for, for like Christmas and certain things like in the here and there. But like for the most part, he just wasn't here at the house. And um, um, my ninth grade year, my freshman year, my mom at the school she was teaching at, which is the school I went to elementary school at. She was like, I just don't want to teach here anymore. And she found a job at this like uber rural Catholic high school in like i don't know like somewhere around baton rouge and my grandparents live in baton rouge so she moved in with my grandparents and so yeah that was my mom sorry um, <laughs> i was like did you die what happened no, no no i'm sorry um so yeah and then she moved in with them and then um, I didn't want to to leave, right? So obviously, you know, they went to Baton Rouge. My dad was in D.C., so it's like, you know, I, I we couldn't stay in New Orleans. Like, all of, like my other siblings besides my little sister had gone to college, so it was, I was kind of the oldest kid in the house at that point. And I just, I really didn't want to stay. I, I mean, I'm sorry, sorry. I I really wanted to stay, and I, I didn't want to go to D.C. I didn't want to go to Baton Rouge. I didn't want to do anything. Like, I didn't want. I just wanted to stay in New Orleans. You know. Which is, and it's understandable. Um, so, I lived with essentially a foster family. And I, I don't want to say it like that because they they were really good friends with my mom. And they went to the same high school as, as I was. So, I stayed with them for a year. And I was just like, 
I mean, I, I liked it at first, just, you know, because I was, like, away from my family. But at the same time, I was just like, you know what? I'm causing, like, all of this inconvenience for, like, no reason. And I'm being, like, really selfish, you know? And I just, it made me feel really bad. And I was just really resentful and just bitter. And then, especially when I had to move. Well, my, obviously, I didn't realize that about all the inconvenience until afterwards. When I, when my, it was, um, for my junior year, my, my parents were like, yeah, let, we're just going to move to to like the northern virginia area just to be with my dad and then you know obviously i was just super mad i just i was like i'm not even gonna get to finish like my high school career in in new Your orleans high school and then, you career know, then, then exactly then i realized like it didn't even fucking matter <laughs> you know that's cool yeah and it just um i i had been through other stuff that you know i might talk on later on 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 other podcasts but then like, getting through that, just getting through like the, I have to go to a new school, I have to completely reinvent myself, I have to just adjust to just a new area, a new way of living, and all of these things, and how I could have I been a lot worse, I could have done, like I could have gone down much worse paths, but I just think like here, well, here I am today when I'm, when I'm so happy and I'm so just and I'm not trying to sound pretentious. Like, I just feel like I'm such, I'm, I'm so much more vibrant and I, I can talk about a lot more things. I can, I can do a lot more things. Cause back then, you know, I was complaining about how I wasn't good at anything, but then I'm just like, well, what am I doing? Nothing. <laughs> you know, it's like people that are good at things are not only good because, you know, they are born that way, but also because they practice and they put in the work and I just didn't want to do any of that stuff. Um, yeah, and I'm just sitting here today and seeing how I am and versus how I was. And the gym, which is like that's what relates to what we were talking about, it really got me through that because it gave me just like that that release, just that like that you know what? I am living and like no one can stop me, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that's a very profound thing to realize at your age, and I think it's necessary. It's it's very difficult to look at inconveniences as you know. I mean, obviously, when you're in the moment, it feels like it's the the worst point of contention. Mm -hmm. um, so the fact that you flourish from it is always what life is supposed to be. So you you can look at it in a recollection, and, and you can realize that this is how this is supposed to happen. And it makes me happy to hear that you're in that place now because that's all I hear is negativity and just people bitching. And it's yes, nice to yes. hear people that actually take the self-discipline route and they try to better their life, even though they thought it was very difficult or impossible to do at the time. But like I said, it's very difficult. You know, you have to live in the present and it's very scary to think of what the change of the future can be. So and you have to yeah, find just, your outlets like and the, you found your outlet. Yeah. So that's, and you know, that's, I'm really proud of you, man. That's awesome. Thanks, man. Yeah. And that's why, um, Kung Fu Panda are still like specifically. <laughs> I know. I'll, just, just bear with me. This, second, <laughs> this, the second one is my favorite movie of oh, all shit. fucking time, man. Because it just those those movies have just that that theme of like just inner peace and like just facing the dragon and like fighting what like you just it just facing the ugly shit and just facing the ugly truth that like you just don't want to face, but it's like you just you just need to and like coming to grips with that and because you know i don't know if you've seen the movie or not but of course i've um, seen it <laughs> but do, like, do you like vividly remember it or no no actually 
You know what? I watched it a couple of months ago again, just because I was like, I don't remember yeah. much of this movie, so I actually do. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but like the the second one, because Poe is having like the visions about like his his mom, and like he he's like, wait, I was adopted, and like his whole worldview is just like completely changed, and like he doesn't want to talk to his dad, and he has like dad issues, and then he, um, you know, he wants to know where he comes from and all this stuff, and like he realizes that Chen, the villain, is like that he did all this shit, and he's like the the reason that that you know his his his, his people were just massacred, man, and like he just. Like, the themes of that for, like, a kid's movie, they're so well-written. And, like, when he goes back to the village where he grew up and it's, like, all just, it's just destroyed and it's in the rain and it's sad. And he sees, like, his old stuffed animal and, like, he gets those memories coming back and it's, like, he has the visions and it just, it kills him. Just thinking about this, like, the stuff that was done to, to like, the other pandas and how, how his family just like they they died for him how his dad just you know like when he has the visions of just like of his dad and he's like he's like you know like take take our son go away i'll, I'll defend us and he's just he's just being a badass but you know he unfortunately dies because of that because he gives up his life and then just poe with his mom his mom's like bringing him through like just the the freezing cold like running away from wolves and like just to like save his life like it's just that's just such a cool thing about humans is that we just we can go above and beyond to do something that isn't for us, you know, because she is doing all of this just to protect her son. And she doesn't know what he's going to go on to do, but she's just like, you know what? I just need to give him what I promised him, you know, <laughs> which is a life. And it, she gives it to him. And like, yeah, Poe went through some awful shit that he hated, but he became stronger because of that and obviously you know he's sad because he doesn't have his parents in front of him right now but he's just seeing all the shit that they went through for him to to like you know to be because <laughs> without them he wouldn't have been and he would have just been killed by the wolves and he has all that and it just it, it kills him but at the same time he's like you know with this i have found peace you know and, and he takes the water droplet Oh, it's just so cool how it weaves it together with his mom running through the snow away from the wolves. And he's like, you know what? I've been through all this shit. I need to just accept that this is just the way things are, you know, because it's like I, I keep wanting to know. I, I keep trying to think that if there's something more to it other than that, like my my people were killed. My parents died for me. But it's like, you know, what? that's just what happened, you know, but that was the past and i can make better decisions now because you can look at this this the shit that happened before and it can kill you but that can never change and it's it, it's it's the line from the the soothsayer she says your story may not have had a happy beginning but that doesn't change who you are and what you can become to be you know and he's like yes i am poe and i'm like fuck yes <laughs> i am oh, it just gives me goosebumps i love that scene and i know i've just been going on a nerdgasm for the past five minutes talking about this but it's so good and it's so underappreciated and yeah. so well written and just it hits me it's like those those guys t in the comment section like i was talking about on invincible talking about how those lyrics just hit them on like a on a just a different level that only they can understand and that's me with kung fu panda too man <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny in concept, but in actual like objective um, thinking, it makes sense. And I think it's 
it's one of those movies where I, you know, it makes me looking, there's a lot of things that push me away from having children, you know, just how the world is now and how everything is so fucked. But, you know, if I ever do have kids, it makes me excited to show them stuff like this because, you know, just trying to really instill those sort of bigger picture lessons because I think most adults can't even grasp that where you're supposed to be doing things that have a greater purpose than you or you're supposed to, you're supposed to leave the best effect that you can for people around you or, you know, say things the right way or doing things of that vein. So it's, Mm -hmm. uh, most people miss the mark on that. So it's cool to see that as a representation, as a fable in children's movies, but, but no, like that's the whole point of art and life and imitations of each other. It's supposed to reflect that you're supposed to want to feel like you're leaving behind an actual legacy as opposed to just stroking your ego or doing something that's eventually going to hurt you in the long run. Yeah, or just living in complacency because that's the yeah. whole human spirit. This is what like Jordan Peterson talks about, um, about how it's just like the human spirit is just about doing what is like the impossible, quote unquote, you know, and that inspiration that just like it just ignites our souls, you know. What is it? So I admittedly, I've never really li- like I've, I've heard clips and tidbits of shit that he says. I don't get why people like he gets a lot of shit for some reason. I don't know it's why. It's mainly just because of his views of like um, men and women and stuff like that. Uh, <laughs> Which I it, mean, I agree with him one hundred percent, but a lot okay. of people just don't want to hear it. I, I see. It's mainly he just, um, you know, he he's. I hate to call him right wing, because he doesn't really talk about like economic things. It's mainly just social things where he's like, you know men have kind of become pussies and they need to stop complaining and he also like just hates okay. third wave feminism and just takes that down and he just talks about how like the like Canada and the US and like the whole anglosphere is like the greatest civilization like ever made and like there's a bunch of people benefiting from that that just completely just they they don't want to hear it and they're literally just so out of touch complaining about all these things when it's like you're literally benefiting from the most successful civilization ever you know? i see I'm, I'm starting to get the picture now um so yeah. i guess he's the cornerstone of the red pill content but it seems yes to me no, like but yeah i mean yes but at the same well, time in the way of like saying like pointing out like the hypocrisies of our society and like i said yes, well, the, yes, the exactly. idea of men becoming pussies and then you know having feminism to blame for that and all that shit that's pretty synonymous with the other red pill stuff but the stuff that I've yeah. seen from him has more been like not uplifting, but it's more of been like, you know, these are problems that you as a male need to solve or address to be a better person. So I guess from aspects like that, that's probably why a lot of people like listening to him. Like I said, I've I've seen tidbits of shit here and there, but I don't know. I'm past that stage in my life to where I have to listen to grown men, you know, telling me advice like that because, you know, I've I've found that inner peace in myself. Right, so same. I don't feel the need to branch out and have like that sort of like I, I don't long for somebody to tell me stuff like that because I, I've lived through it. I've experienced it. And obviously they're older and they've experienced more. But I, I feel like at this point they're just trying to sell me a product or sell me an idea. And I just 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 does not interest me. I mean, it was interesting for me for a long while. But like you said, I don't require it anymore just because I have done everything that basically that they've said and and it's worked so i don't really need to listen to it anymore i mean it's good it's good as a start but you can't use it as like a crutch you know 
Well, it's like with everything. I think you have to live life with the guise of you have to listen and take all the good parts of shit and then leave out the bad parts in the same video or the same whatever, right? So like you can you you do the stuff that works and you cut out the stuff that doesn't work. I don't think you have to follow everything literally. You just the shit that makes sense to you, try it out. If it works, cool. If it doesn't, you don't have to fool yourself into thinking that it's going to work. I think that's the biggest problem with this kind of content is that like these so guys throw out with it a hundred percent. Well, that's what I'm saying. These guys like, throw I out agree with literally every single thing they're saying. Right. But, but w- what I'm saying is like these guys throw out very, very useful information to better yourself, but not so much good information with dealing with people around you. So I feel like because they have good information on that front, then people take that other advice and it's just not as good. And it just kind of keeps us separated if that makes sense. Like you, like people just need to do the shit that works and don't do the shit that doesn't work. That's a good um, way to put it. But yeah, I, I just, I, I just always remembered a lot of people giving him shit and I, I never really followed it, but, um, but yeah, no, I, you know, I, you can, that's the cool thing with children's movies because you can just get a very, very simple concept and then just, it's just done in a very cool way. And you know, you take a life lesson from it. I don't really yeah. I, I get more oh. of my life lessons in like person from experiences like I, I like to think that I can read something and just oh I can get behind this philosophically and I can use this to better my life but it never ever works out and you know when I'm actually balls to the grindstone I always just learn the hard way and then learn from that honestly in my whole life right right so um well you're saying about the the kids movies and that's why I can't fucking stand the whole like if someone doesn't like a kids movie they'll be like it's just a kids movie it's like that doesn't matter that doesn't excuse if it it's good for, it's good for being bad yeah because there's kids movies that are fucking awesome like kung fu panda 2 how to train your dragon is fantastic i love the lion king um beauty and the beast there's tons of like fantastic well-made well put together like you could tell that there was hard work put into it kids movies right. and that's why i can't stand how the majority of kids movies now are just garbage and they just serve to make kids dumber <laughs> yeah it, that does make and that's what i'm saying like when i if i do have kids i'm excited to show them the stuff that actually you know doesn't fucking microwave your brain but i don't know i mean yes. we've kind of we've jerked off that horse to death about you know how lazy animation and you know how dumb all the shit is in our popular media but it just right. makes me that's why i like you know the the diamond in the rough when it comes to these kids movies because you know like you have a lot of beautiful imagery and symbolism in a lot of them if you look for it kung fu panda 2 inner peace <laughs> i just thought that was a really fucking funny segue from what we were talking about i, I know not expecting because it. how did we even get to oh wait it's because you were talking about the because we went from the gym just to yeah you were talking about your experiences talking moving. about the experience yeah and then the movies and how that movie relates to the, <laughs> the shit i've done in my life so i guess yeah. i mean you don't have to answer if you don't want to but how long did it take you to adjust living here because it's kind of a hectic place to live um, I mean, there's still things here and there that I'm still adjusting to, but basically just to get to that, like, to I the mean, point where you feel better, like you, I mean, you'd say you're in a better spot now. Um, I'm trying to remember. I mean, cause obviously, oh, I think it was, um, during the virus, I started to kind of like, I, I started to feel a lot better. I had already started to feel better at certain points, but in the, in the virus, because, you know, that's when I discovered y'all, and I just, I, I got my first guitar, and I, 
um, uh, you know, like I, I had a lot, of, like my schedule was completely different. I got to work a lot more. So I got to, you know, I, yeah, I got to work a lot of McDonald's and I got a lot of money and just skills and just, you know, connections there, which was very nice. Um, so yeah, I would just, I would kind of would say it's like when the virus came, I mean, initially, obviously it was fucking awful, but yeah, that's interesting because most people I think declined severely during COVID. It was a fucking shift. Yeah. You know, people lost Uh, their jobs. They didn't work out as much. They, they're like domestic abuse rates were up because people were stuck in the house longer than usual. So like, it didn't take that much to kind of dissipate their little fragile ecosystem that they had. Um, Mm -hmm. So I, I, I don't know. I I think I kind of had the, I didn't say I was better during COVID, but it it definitely gave me a lot more to focus on. And I was worried in the beginning because I wasn't sure if I was going to have a job in the next couple of weeks, but you know, I didn't was not anticipating people spending their stimulus check money on instruments and all that kind of shit. So we um, did a lot more business during that time, and it's that kind of nice. turned into what it is to now. So I, I, I think for me, I think it was good for for people like you and me to take a step back and reevaluate. So it's like I, you know, was focusing on eating more. I wanted to, you know, go exercise a lot better. It gave me time to breathe and focus on shit that's more important to kind of get myself because like, you know, I was working all the time. So having that little bit of a break to readjust, I feel like I'm stronger now because of it. I was given that time to rest and recalculate as opposed to self-destruct like a lot of people did or gain a lot of weight and all that bullshit. I feel like people just need an excuse to, um, to just like blame all their bullshit. So it's like, oh, perfect scapegoat, nothing to do out of a job you know, money's getting tight. So I'm glad that I didn't self-destruct. I'm glad I did the same thing as you and tried to grow from it. Yeah, no. And without the virus, I would never have seen the guitar store <laughs> because well, I'm sure you would have eventually you're fucking like not even a goddamn mile from it. No, <laughs> Barely. I know, but I, I discovered it because I was walking to the Mexican restaurant that's right across the street from y'all. And I would just go over there and just like talk to the people and just kind of chill out there. It was pretty cool. The the people there were very nice. Um, but then eventually, like I I saw y'all's store and I was like, huh. And because I was listening to a lot of you know the Spanish classical music at the time, I was like, it'd be really cool to to get a guitar because I had a shit ton of just a disposable income from McDonald's. So I saw the store. And That's I was a like, sentence no one ever says. <laughs> right? Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking clip so that. True. I had so yeah. much disposable income from McDonald's, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bro. So much disposable income from McDonald's. Oh, so anyway, fuck. I saw y'all's store. I walked up and I was like, oh, fuck, it's closed because of COVID. Um, but then I went back like a few weeks later and it was open again. And I was like, oh, cool. I'm going to go inside and check it. And then I met Matt. Um, and then I saw it was just different guitars and stuff like that. I don't remember actually the first time I met you. I remember because I sold you the guitar the first time I met you. What did you think? I'm just kind of curious, to, like of me. What were like? <laughs> what did I think of you? I don't remember. I, on, I mean, you know I what know. it is. I honestly, I probably was indifferent. Like the, I, I meet a lot of people every day, and you know, True. I either find them really fucking annoying, um, or I'm like, oh, they're cool. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I, I don't like, I don't do like a deep psychological analyzation of people when I first meet them. So it mm. just takes time for me to build up. But obviously, you know, coming back and back and forth and leading up to what we're doing right now, obviously, you know, I don't find you annoying. Are you sure? <laughs> at, at the very least. Um, Even if I think that, never mind. 
No, I, I I do apologize for certain things I've said at the store and me just being annoying about my <laughs> my views, which I still hold those views, but obviously it is important to articulate those views in the correct way, you know? <laughs> you're one of those um, people where it's like your your brain works triggered. faster than your development, so it's like you have all these yeah. thoughts that need a focus. So you'll you're just one of those things like I said, it's like with experience, you learn the shit that you can say and then you what you can't say and you just go from there, you know what I mean? You just do, yeah, that's man. just with time, and I still do it's the same the time, shit. Like man. I'll, yep. I'll still say shit that I'm like, oh fuck, didn't mean to go off that way, but there we go. Yeah, no, a lot <laughs> of the shit I was saying today with like the, the waitress, I was like, yeah, I didn't need to go off on that tangent. That was kind of a, completely unnecessary. <laughs> oh well, it's still. I mean, you gotta have fun every now and again, but right, because going on um, rants is fun. But yeah, no, I I don't remember. I just remember. I honestly just remember selling you the guitar. I don't remember even what we talked about or what I felt like. It's just I I meet so I many fucking remember. people and it was a long time ago, dude. I don't have no idea. I wish I, <laughs> I wish I had something for you, but I don't. <laughs> I can make something I up, mean, but I don't remember it either. I just kind of remember it over time. You know, me just going there recurringly and stuff like that, and like we just kind of get to know each other better. And like we, I know Matt, and I know Adrian, and then eventually I meet Travis. Oh boy. <laughs> Yeah, it's a it's a fun little. I, and honestly, this is the one thing that I love working where I do is you know I. For for people listening, I I kind of get this from my dad. My dad um, is a very he. Basically, he was an engineer, but he works. He basically worked his way up to administration, so he was responsible for a lot of people. And I went to his retirement party the other day. And I didn't realize oh, my dad garnered a lot of respect from people. He That's basically funny. he was known as the guy that talked all the time and that he had a couch in his office. So he was like when people wanted to come in and vent, it was like the therapy couch is what they joked about. So my <laughs> dad was a he knew how to he was very good at solving problems and being diplomatic and, you know, talking with people, also being very direct. So he kind of passed on some of that or not passed on, but, you know, try to instill a lot of the same sort of um responsibilities to me so i usually try to look at everything under the guise of not solving a problem but i'm usually trying to be diplomatic about most things but i'm also very curious and as much as i'm an introvert i'm also a people person if they're cool so i i like you know building good relationships with people and i like just having a good time or just having profound experiences so i like being able to have all the regulars that we do come in and it's like we're all a little family because you know, if you have a store where, you know, you have, you know, 10 people that are regulars and hang out regular, you know, all the time, you know, you're doing something right. And, you know, I, I was never in the position just to be there just to sell people stuff. You know, I just like hanging out and just having fun. So that's the one thing yeah. I've been really glad to just instill is that, you know, we're cool enough to hang out with, even if you don't have to buy anything. So that's what I've really enjoyed. And that's the one thing I'm yeah. probably the most proud of in my life is that I've learned to just, you know, just be happy with people and just have fun and just, you know, have a family pretty much. Yeah. And I'm very glad that you have just kind of found a job that just suits you really well, you know, because yeah. can you think of anything else you think you could be doing? <laughs> There's uh, a lot of things I think I can be doing, but I think you just have to play to your strengths. And my strength is I enjoy music and I'm passionate about it and I want to share it with people. And that's really, you know, and, and, and I'm glad that that's what people 
think that I come across as and it's just a fun vibe to be around so it makes me happy that people enjoy it and you know like I said I have the friends and the regulars that we do there and it's it's fun I enjoy it a lot and I think yeah, man. you know that's my outlet and that's what I'm designed to do I'm I feel like I'm put on this earth just to make people happy in that way with music yeah that's awesome like today when we were just chilling like it was like the last hour of like the last open hour not like there's no customers it's just me you matt steve adrian i was just like i mean obviously i know it was basically just like uh everyone shit on will but like i was it's just still so happy you know <laughs> you gotta have fun so, right no and it doesn't bother me because um you know because it is funny and shit but um yeah I was that's just how like, you man, go man yeah, I was like, y'all are awesome, and I love being with y'all. <laughs> it's really yeah. cool that I get to – because, like, most people don't appreciate that kind of shit, and you obviously can't do it to random people that walk in for the first time. So it's fun that you just have a group of guys you can just shit talk with, and it's all good to go. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I think, like like you were mentioning as the themes are – with the theme of uh, – kung fu panda earlier is just finding that greater purpose to be a part of and just you know find the shit that you're good at that's bigger than yourself and you know it's something you can leave behind i i think it's not everything because there's a lot of times where it can get misconstrued as just you know um complacency or just uh manipulation or pandering but i i feel like there's a lot of um power and you know respect and courtesy even if you yeah. don't like a situation, you know, like I said, it just ends up hurting you more if you make it worse. So it's like finding a way to solve that problem as opposed to just lashing out, you know, is always a better way to go. Um, I wanted to do that with the waitress, but, you know, <laughs> wouldn't have been worth it. Oh, my God. you. <laughs> like I said, it's but yeah, yeah, yeah you, it could be one of those situations where you could take that experience of you being mad at a fucking waitress and just end up being on a Facebook video or just walking away and yeah, going, fuck it. No, the last thing I want is to just make a big deal about something that doesn't need to be made a big deal out of in front of like a ton of people. I don't want that. Yeah, it's embarrassing. Like you shouldn't want to be yes. a part of that. It's so prevalent in our culture and it's like the entitlement is just fucking insane. So it's like it's, yes. it's good to not like want to be a part of that. Yeah, like in the McDonald's drive-thru, when these people would ask me for, like, five sauces for, a, like, a four-piece nugget, I'm like, no, I'm sorry. Like, I, no. <laughs> Dude, you could not pay me to do your fucking job. I, well, not the one you do now, the, I could not work in, like, so I've worked in food service, but I've never worked in, a like, a mm, chain or a fast yeah, food place. I'd fucking hate my life. Okay, here's the thing. Working in the, working in the kitchen... And maintenance was fucking awesome because I could just chat with the kitchen ladies and just goof off. And, like, we were still working, but at the same time, like, it was still fun, you know, and it's just like, hey, you know, you got to get the meat ready. Get the eggs ready. Get the get this ready. Give me the give me the bread. And they, they would get me to do all this stuff. And then we'd be like, let's go. You know, it was like the, the camaraderie. But, like, up in front when you're dealing with the customers, I'm just like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, no, fuck that. Like, oh, when they had me present, that was the worst thing. Presenting in the second window was the worst possible position because you have to, like, so someone's sh like giving the food to you. You get blamed for everything if there's like a holdup, and then like, you, when like you have to tell someone to go park and they get mad. It's I'm just like want to be like, I I'm not the like talk to the manager. I'm just giving you the food. Like I just work here, bro. Bathrooms on the left. 
Um, exactly. But yeah, no, I I mean, all that shit I just said about being diplomatic and solving problems, that fucking goes out the window with that shit. It's unwinnable. It's like it just oh, drives no. you down it's, until you want to fucking pull the gun on your head. It's um, not. No, this this guy threatened to fight me and I was I was completely calm this whole time because I was I was asking this guy to park. And then I was just like, oh, sir, can you please park at number one? He's like, why? I'm like, oh, it's not ready yet. And he's like, do you know how long it will be? I'm like. Um, and like I was just completely awesome. I was like, I'm not sure, but I don't think it'll be too long. And then he's like, No, 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 no. How long is it gonna be? I'm like, I'm just really not sure, sir. Like I was, I was just keeping my cool. And then he goes, No, 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 no. We, we, we can take this as a parking lot if you want. You know, if you want to come out. And I was just like, Uh, no. Like, well, what do you want to just... do? What do you want to do? No. And then my my manager just like came up, and then she was like, Uh, no, sir. Park right now. And then he was just like, Whatever. <laughs> Yeah, dude, the stories that you and Adrian tell me are fucking nuts. Um, I yeah, know, I, dude. Fuck the... that. I I am so glad that I I found a skill to not because like I, I I feel like if I wasn't doing this, I'd be you know doing some fucking shitty restaurant job. So I, I'm glad I was able to find my way out of it because, fuck me, man. It's just it's just not it's it's just not worth it. It's not worth being that stressed every no. day and also being in poverty. Like you don't fucking gain anything or learn anything. No, I mean it's a good start, but like trying oh, yeah. to live off that, it's like what are you? What not a good look, bro. <laughs> it's just prevalent to our fucking like <laughs> the way shit runs here. It's just like you're getting a good look at the American people. Um, yeah, and I hear it's similar in Japan, where it's just like people are just doing too much like of just like those kind of jobs, and like they don't have enough like money to pay shit and stuff like that, and that's why right. like the obviously like the marriage rates have gone down significantly in japan and also in america because it's just like that you know that restaurant shit did and the, the service <laughs> service industry killed marriage infidelity is at an all-time high <laughs> wait what is that an all-time high infidelity right <laughs> um i don't uh, know it oh, just makes wait, sense did i tell you the one time that like and I know this vicariously, but I was coming in through the, the, um, I was coming in for the morning shift at 4 a.m., like where I opened, and there's the people that close to 4 a.m., and then they were, they were telling me how two cars crashed in the drive-thru. <laughs> oh my god. Like, in the middle from, like, the, the first window where you pay to the second window where you get the food, like, the, the the car in the back just hit the other car and they said like they did, it happened like in between the windows so they didn't even like see the cars they were just like you know doing like their work and stuff like that and they just hear like a boom and they're like wait what just happened and then they had to call the cops and then the um they had to you know like the people arguing like, who did it and all that stuff and then yeah it's so fucking unnecessary. It's like you can't get off your phone for two seconds when you're in the drive-thru. Like you're stopped for the majority of it. Just fucking like, God. Yeah, it's like you really can't pay enough attention to not hit the car in front of you when you're like <laughs> going two miles an hour. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I oh. do not envy you at all. Dude, did I also tell you about this was I think my last day at work. Did I tell you about how someone shit on the floor? <laughs> I think so. It's such a common story with most people that work in those places. Oh, man. That shit. I was just like, it traumatized me. Dude, I I don't know if I mentioned it (laughs) earlier, 
but like the the fucking just most vile place I've ever seen someone take a shit is on a baby change. <laughs> Those like changing tables that they have in the bathroom for babies. Oh, I've actually never seen that thing. It's thank like that's a, like you like you got to get up there to do that, or you like threw it on there. Like how the fuck? Man. And it definitely wasn't from the fucking baby. Like it was a, it was a like Hardy's level shit. Like. <laughs> Just some grown ass dude. Yeah, dude. It was like a fucking log sitting there. Just like, why? Just the log is there, man. Oh, God. I can't stand gross shit. Fucking. Oh, did I tell you about the guy who was on heroin? Yeah, you did. With like the razor and shit? Yeah. Man. I'm trying to tell you because there's a plethora of good McDonald's stories. Um, Oh, did I tell you about the guy who threw a rock at the window? I think uh, yeah, I think you've told me the majority of these stories. Man, it's a shame because I want the rest of the people to hear them, and I can't just tell them to Jason because he already knows them. Fuck! Why did I have to? <laughs> I should have saved it for the podcast, man. <laughs> Why don't you fucking make a little side video, you know, sit in front of the camera and tell them all your McDonald's stories? That'd be weird because I wouldn't be, be a, talking to someone. Be a fucking <laughs> vlogger, will that's your new legacy? No, I am not doing that. <laughs> um. I don't know why I'm thinking about this now, but I, I just forgot to ask it earlier. Um, what was, and this is a complete throwback. What was your early perception of metal? Like not listening to, cause obviously, um, has a bad rap in the church and all that. Like, was um, it like, you mean were like, you nervous well, to listen to it? Not necessarily. I just never really crossed my mind. What do you mean? It never I, crossed your mind. I, I was never told not to listen to it. Um, no one in my family listened to it. So I just never even really thought about it until I, had that new friend group i mean it probably never like i was they probably never had people telling you not to listen to it but like i'm sure you're aware of the stigmas about it right not really yeah i didn't ever really even thought about really? it really not really interesting well i guess now um being a little bit more versed into it like what because because like obviously the majority of it has not like a satanic well i mean some of it does but most of it has like an anti-religious or anti-authoritative kind of motif to me it doesn't really bother me because i mean you could take that multiple different ways because um like the anti-authoritative vibe like a lot of people that are religious and hated all of these covid rules and hated like the democrats because of that they take that as like that they're like i don't want to follow your stupid rules and stuff like that you know and also it it, it works hand in hand with you know like people that are anti-religious and they're like i don't want to deal with all these rules because i think it just can apply to anyone who doesn't want to listen to rules that they think are stupid you know well i'm glad that you get that out of that it's like you know it's different strokes for different folks like it's you know it's meant for certain people um i just i don't know i i never really like i i kind of got the picture like i i never when i listened to it like it wasn't like an i for me it just sounded like it was like strictly like anti-structured religion like they could really give a shit about like the whole concept behind god and jesus they just hated like what it turned into like from mankind so majority of it has just been a pushback of that kind of aspect there's not really like like um, what specifically though because i just like i I just don't get that from metal, honestly. I mean, obviously, unless it's a song that is overtly saying that. It well, just I'm, doesn't well, that's really... what I'm saying. Like, it's like the songs that have that message in there, not saying like all, because obviously, like, metal is a very diverse topic of, or, that has a lot of, of, fuck, I can't talk. A bunch of diverse, I'm going to fucking shoot myself. A Dude. bunch of different types of fucking topics that they talk about in the lyrics. Um, right, so, but the main um, ideas, like you said, are going to be that, where it's like the, 
fuck authority or it's going to be like the just that push through the bad shit you know? i think well I'll, the more yeah. mainstream ones i think but obviously like like with metallica like a lot of that obviously deals with addiction and just trying yes, to overcome a bunch of shit so it's like obviously there's a bunch of profound things that have nothing to do with either of those topics but for like there is a lot of that out there so that's what i was just saying just from that aspect like like tool is one of those bands right they right. have a pretty anti but not like i don't it know it just never gets to me because like like you were telling me with like the you're like will you're one tool song away from being like from leaving the church and i'm like i was fucking I, kidding i wasn't actually serious though no but i mean there's some people that legitimately do think that and it just i don't see it because i see the goodness in it because because that's the thing from you know because i i believe that you know jesus is jesus is the ultimate good he is the greatest human being to ever walk this earth and he, because he's the ultimate good there is no good outside of him right so yeah. all of the good i see in things are things that just they're just some kind of thing that is related to something that isn't along the lines of jesus if you know what i'm saying I just think that it was kind of a reaction to the hypocrisy. And also, like I said, people growing up in the sort of um, like they just didn't mesh well with growing up in that kind of household. But like, I, I don't think like, I don't know how to explain it. Like it, it never like to me, like when I was listening to it, like I just that's more of what it sounded like to me was like I said, it was just the structure of organized religion was the majority of the problem. But, you know, no, like, but I don't so, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But I just think that I, you know, the same, but like I can listen to things that's completely opposite to who I am or what I believe in. And like, it doesn't bother me. Like I can listen to it. I don't have to oh, like well, right. feel related like, to. Right. Because I mean, obviously, you know, there's a bunch of shit where it's like, you're going to agree with it hundred percent, but then obviously there is value in, you know, consuming things that are anti you know whatever you believe in because yeah. i mean obviously there's tons of music i know that's anti-catholic that i like there's tons of movies you know like donnie darko that movie's anti-catholic as you can get but it's a great movie i think it's hilarious a lot of horror movies um, are anti-catholic <laughs> yeah, yes even though um, those i i am not as into but have you seen donnie darko you know i don't think i ever have i've only Dude, i know what it's about I, and like i've seen like pieces of it but i don't think i've ever seen it all the way through you'd probably you'd probably like it it's um, I've I've heard that yeah I don't know it's it um it's, it's very let me make sure I'm getting my story right it's about the guy that like he fucking like looks at himself in the mirror or some shit and like he just doesn't age or like he's all about like himself he's very vain and all that is that that's no that the, no 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 what is that no I don't know what that one is is that also Jake Gyllenhaal I have no idea what is Dirty uh, Donnie Darko I think I'm thinking of something else. Okay, so Donnie Darko is the movie with that on all the the posters and stuff. It has like the blue like rabbit alien thingy. Okay, I have no idea what you're talking about. So I guess I haven't seen this so at all. <laughs> it's it's basically so Jake Gyllenhaal is the main character. It's basically this guy. He goes to like this Catholic school or something like that, or it's like a it's like religious or something like that. Right. And um he you know he sees all of like the and this is to the movies you know writing not what i believe in reality um because he he sees all of you know like the hypocrisies of the of these things that they're teaching and he sees all of like the nonsense in it and how it's like a bunch of bullshit and stuff like that um and he and he's like starts calling people out in like the lessons and stuff like that of the stuff they're teaching um uh, and also 
it has a bunch of like it, it, it's it's basically that just like the anti-authority thing and he also the the other main thing is during this time that he's at this school he's having visions because he, he's kind of schizophrenic he's having these visions of this weird creepy like humanoid rabbit figure and that humanoid rabbit figure is telling him to do a bunch of this like this bad shit like hey go burn down this guy's house or go go fuck this thing up or he keeps telling him to do this stuff and it has this and it's all interlaid with time travel it's a really really interesting movie and it gets the Mm. rap for being like a stoner movie because of that because it has all those weird concepts intertwined with all of this funny anti-authority shit um it's just i you should give it a watch if you can yeah that's a lot more interesting than what i thought it was i i don't know why i'm trying to remember now what the fuck i'm thinking of it's also it's hilarious i watched it it, yeah i watched it with my friends in new orleans i was laughing my ass off (laughs) yeah that that sounds kind of up my alley so i'll definitely give that um a listen um I think, um, like, so, like, basically the whole point that I was saying the last time was basically, like, if your relationship is that fragile to where, like, you're influenced by the specific piece of media and that's what it takes to sever your ties, like, you know, it's, again, my same, you know, ideology with the people that commit horrific crimes because they're influenced by another piece of media, like, I think it's just a matter of time. It's going to be that straw that broke the camel's back. So, you know, you kind of, like, to anybody listening, if you're really affected by whatever medium of entertainment or art to enough to the point where like you're going to do a drastic life change you really need to sit down and like figure that shit out and change that because you'll just go on this path of self-destruction it's going to lead you down somewhere dark regardless of however it ends so right um, and obviously in this day and age we are like overexposed and overstimulated by these kind of things you know yeah um and a lot of people just don't have like that you know what I can just not listen to music right now. Or like, you know what? I can just not use my phone right now. And I can just sit down and just have quiet and I can just meditate, you know? There really is a ton of power in self-preservance. And it's one thing that's super lost on people. I, I see, you know, everybody bitching about whatever mental health or problems in their life or just stuff that they can't stand or people that can't stand um, on Facebook and shit. And it's just like, these people are so fragile to where like they have like the smallest inconveniences just let it ruin their day or their year or whatever yeah, the fuck. Yeah. Like they just it's like that concept of inner peace is just such a mystery to people. It's like they always have to be bored and have stimulation or there's always gonna be if it's not perfect in their head, it's gonna be a fucking problem. They're gonna make it a problem and be just, you know, fucking nasty to everybody else and just make it, you know, everybody's problem. Um, yeah, it's just it's a concept. It's just it's just lost in mostly America, but also just like the English speaking world in general. Because I mean, in Europe, other than you know like England and stuff like that, I I mean my I talked to my brother about this. Like a lot of the population of the other European countries can still have like a day where they're just like you know what, I'm just gonna have this day in spent in silence, and I'm just gonna you know think about things. And just not be, you know, I'm just not going to just do things that just aren't necessary, you know. But in America, a lot of people just can't fathom the idea of just like, yeah, I'm going to spend my day in silence and I'm going to do nothing, you know. 
Yeah, it's it's the idea of, you know, focusing on the nothingness and just living in the present or just trying to find a way to calm yourself down or just realize that yeah. you can be happy in the moment with nothing. Because I don't think many people can do that. I don't think very many people can just sit there, have nothing, do nothing and think about nothing and not lose their mind. Like they have to have a right. distraction. They have to have something stimulating to them. They have to be under this, you know, feeling of euphoria. Like they can't just sit there and be. And I think that's why meditation is working for a lot of people. I can realize that because they just realize how much that they miss in their life. And yeah, because think, when you're doing all of these stimulating things, like you don't realize that you, that is literally doing nothing, you know? Yeah. Because you get almost nothing out of that. Because once it ends, then that's where that that's where the euphoria yeah, stops. There, yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. it's where it goes. And then if you're depressed, and then if you can't do anything else, but you just sit there, then you're fucked. So, I'm glad that like I never had to go through stuff like that. Like my my biggest problem was you know feeling like my purpose was never met, or like there was always something greater out there. I was always chasing the dragon. So. It kind of took me a while to like, oh man, all these other yeah, oh dude, the feeling of that's the worst, and that's just a killer to like people that are our age, you know. Dude, I so I figured out, well, not figured out. Like I, I just remember that now that you said that, that was the biggest problem I think of my childhood. It was I always was feeling like I was missing out on something or that whatever I was doing was not as good as the thing I could be doing. So that that fucking honestly to this day it still kind of gets me sometimes, but. I just kind of learned to shut that part of my brain up. But yeah, that was probably my biggest hurdle to overcome was that kind of mindset. Yeah. Um, yeah, because um, it's essentially just the the lost idea of monasticism. Because like monks, you know, traditionally they're completely separate from the the outside world, and they don't give you know they don't give a fuck about anyone else because that's the whole point is that they're just being away because they just need to be away from people and they don't want to be sucked into just these things like these meaningless things of just like secular society and um and that's why i it's really annoying a lot of these laws that i mean they didn't you know obviously they didn't ban monasticism but like monasticism has been compromised in america because like there's certain laws about how they can't be like this closed off and stuff like that like they still need to have a certain connection to the outside world which like back in the day you could like like monasteries were just completely isolated like there's that there's that um monastery in mount athos in greece where like women aren't allowed to go to it and there was this guy who grew up (laughs) on it he had never seen a woman in his life like he just went his whole life because he spent his whole life there he never saw a woman in his life damn he must have fucking shot in his jeans or robe or whatever the fuck he wore Oh, I don't think he ever even saw a good. So, it was never like that. Oh, never oh, at these. No, no, no. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I, I didn't suppose. Like he, he went his entire life without seeing a female. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought you meant like he finally saw one after a while. Damn. That's... No, 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 no. He just okay. spent his entire life with with monks. Crazy. I know, man. Like, um. I want to spend a day with the Dominicans in D.C. And also Why there's some the cool, uh, because they're just a, they're cool order and I like the stuff they do, but okay. also there's a, there's some cool monasteries. My brother went to one in Oklahoma and he spent about five days with these monks where he's just like doing, cause like the monks need to, obviously they need to take their whole point is they're taking care of this place that they live in. So they obviously, they, they need to clean it. They need to farm it. They need to make sure everything's running smoothly and they need to, not in like that job sense, 
but it's like they're just like you know we're stewards so we need to take care of this place not like keep the machine well oiled yes exactly but it's not like the oh we need everything to be like perfectly it's it's just like no we just need to we're like god has given us this gift of stewardship and we need to respect that so we're gonna have a bunch of animals and farmland and we're just gonna you know we're gonna make our own food we're gonna make our own shoes and stuff like that yeah it's just (laughs) learning how to be self-sustaining it's self-sustaining yes exactly yeah Uh, that's cool man your brother seems like he just goes and does cool shit for no reason (laughs) <laughs> yeah maybe awesome. one day you'll meet him he is your age <laughs> which is fun because i that, that's kind of like going back earlier like for people that are like that and when i was younger i was like man i just want to do shit like that but i don't even know where to start so that was part of like yeah. the what i was feeling like i was missing out on was just having those cool experiences just randomly going and doing but i know i've always felt from day one that my life has been just super fucking structured and like i just have to do these specific things and i can't do anything else so i just have to try to make it work within those boundaries but yeah it's just it's the american progress work ethic and stuff yeah. like that and that's what's kind of, of annoying that comes out of it but then the, you know there's the ba- there's the downsides well you got to take it's, your time you got to readjust you got to be a little bit versatile because most of that bullshit's internal so you know you just got to overcome it and just realize that i can do multiple things that just you know, time management, I think, is the most difficult thing, especially for if you have to deal with money and you don't have a lot of disposable income or a lot of things to make you flexible. So time management is this the hardest, especially living here and with everything being inflated and the world going down this rabbit hole. So, right, But that's why um, I keep saying this a lot, but it's true. And that's why I'm just so thankful. And it's just it's it's so nice to be part of like a traditional family and like have two parents that love me and that give a shit about me and that you know they give me all this all this opportunity you know (laughs) and it's like it it took me a while to realize it but i'm glad i figured it out you know bro every time you say that i just think of like if someone's listening to this being like must be fucking nice Yeah, but I'm just like, uh, I mean, is, yeah, it is true. Like that's the fucking goal. You're supposed to have, you know, grow up in a area where, or not area, grow up in a fucking household where you know your parents give a shit and they love you, right? That's yeah, the goal. Um, and you it's know, give your like, kids a better um, life than you had. Exactly. Like I mean, if you just look at how my grandparents lived and how they didn't have everything, but they gave, made everything, you know, so that my mom wasn't like that, you know. And just yeah. stuff like that, you know. The human spirit, man. The human spirit lives on. Well, I mean, I think it's a testament to some of the, you know, the the good habits that you picked up along the way are not just, you know, and, and just directly from your parents, but just because they gave you the space to learn that stuff on your own and you didn't feel like your home yes, life was in turmoil. Because, so Exactly, because they did a lot of stuff in like subtle ways that where they just kind of left me to my own devices and i i did pick up them i did pick them up in a sense on my own but i still was under their guidance without even realizing it you know <laughs> um which i still just i, I appreciate it so much you know because they like you know they don't force me to go to mass they don't force me to do a lot of stuff i just kind of came to the conclusion like you know what they were teaching me this and they did make me go and do these things for a reason you know yeah. yeah um and like i said you got your own reason out of it so i you know the fact that you didn't feel the need to push back and you just took what you needed to take away from it um yeah because everyone has like their own personal relationship with god and stuff like that yeah and that's honestly for some reason that was the one concept that my parents never really understood 
with like that whole kind of religious journey was that like I felt like mine was more individual. Like I I got more of that sort of religious spiritual experience from you know helping other people or doing you know the small moments or sharing the small moments with people or just when I listened to music. I I never got that from just sitting in a church and listening to somebody talk. So that was that was the one thing I think for some reason was the hardest concept for them to grasp, and that was mm-hmm. most of the turmoil. Like I just. Like, I didn't, like, I, the best way I can explain it was, like, obviously, like, if you tell your parents you don't want to go to church, it's like a nod and like, oh, you don't believe in the system or you don't believe in whatever, right? It's it's hard to explain. I just, I don't get anything profound out of going and listening to it. I just, I never have. I've always gotten more out of it individually, you know, with my mm-hmm. own personal sort of thing. So uh, that was just the most difficult thing to explain for some reason was, like, it, it wasn't like a... Yeah, and, like, you weren't being, like, rude or anything. You were just, like... No, and I've, I'm just I've had. Like, yeah, this is just how I feel, you know. I've had wonderful experience. I've had the best memories and trips, you know, and the people that I've met through my church and just doing the things right, I've been able right. to do. But like I said, none of that was just me sitting in a church listening. You know what I mean? Like I, right. I always, I always have to be actively doing something for me to get that feeling that other people did. So right. I think that was my thing. Um, oh, that that reminded me because you're saying how like you know what you're just like, you're like I don't see the need to go to church every Sunday. And hear someone talk, and yeah. that's what honestly just it it reinforces certain like I, Catholic ideas to me, and it just kind of confirms Catholicism for me even more because with Catholicism, like you're not just going to hear someone speak to you about like you know the gospel or just you know, have someone or just have a Bible study essentially. You're not just going to that. Yes, you you are going to hear the message, and that's part of it. But the real reason you're there is the Eucharist. Like the real reason you're there is to partake in the blessed sacrament and like the sacrifice of the eucharist and when that's gone i can see why a lot of people are just confused about why they need to go to church every sunday you know but i'm not gonna lie i still feel like i would be the same way because like to me like especially like going through like it just seems like it's an arbitrary thing that's super important so it's like i don't think i would have got any relation out of that either I, like I said, for me, mine has always been just experiencing things, and I don't think I just get that. Ex- like, not saying that you know it's something that I think should change or it's wrong. I just, I just, you know, I'd be lying if I told you I felt something from it. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're just saying like these important things kind of just come whenever they do. Yeah, exactly. It comes naturally. Okay. I can't okay. expect it, but like I, you know, and I, this like these days I don't really think about it too too much. But every now and again, you know, I. There's times in my life where it's, if it's really good or if it's really bad, it makes me feel like we're not alone in the universe and that, you know, stuff happens for a reason. So that's kind of the moments that I've always just felt that way. But, like, I I think for me is that, like, I, I, I always felt like I was just, like, forced to be a part of someone else's spiritual experience. And, like, the fact that I didn't get anything from it, it was, like, you know, I it just felt weird just being there in that presence of people that really felt it, and I just didn't get anything from it. So, but it was never an anti-religious thing with me. It was more uh-huh. of just I didn't feel anything. Yeah, that's what makes me interested in like taking you to the Latin Mass and what you think about it, because like you're saying, like someone else's um, personal experience or, or spiritual experience. Because with the Latin Mass, it is very personal because you know you're not. You're not giving any re- – <clears throat> sorry, like the congregation is not talking almost never. Like there's yeah. there's not a lot of responses. A lot of it is just – you're just kind of – you're either sitting there or you're kneeling and you're just contemplating the sacred mystery. Um, yes, in so a low, the- Yeah. In a low mass, there's – it's completely silent. The priest is just kind of 
whispering the 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 mass to himself which i kind of like that because it just kind of adds to the atmosphere of just the silence but then at a high mass um everything is sung which is really cool to me the best difference i can explain just from going to different types of services was like catholic services was the whole atmosphere seemed to be more of reflection like i said it was more personal it was more more somber and like it was Mm -hmm. like you like every time i've been into a catholic service it makes me feel uncomfortable you know of all the shit that i've gone through in my life and just you know handled the way i've handled certain things and then when i go to other services it's just like i'm either bored just sitting listening to some guy fucking ramble or the whole point is you're you're supposed to take you know a metaphor in the story that they're presenting to you that relates to the bible it's a metaphor the what <laughs> that was like some shit in veggie tales like it was i think it was, it was like saint patrick or something he had like the he had the three leaf clover and then he's like there's so there's three persons in one god the father son the holy ghost and the yeah guy goes, it was yeah, it's, it's shit like, like that yeah <laughs> no and then the guy goes like there's three gods and he's like no 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 he's like and he's like no 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 it's a metaphor and he's like god is a metaphor and he's like no <laughs> yeah it was really cringy like that and like like I'm not right. gonna lie, like it's I th- I feel like if you hear the right person talk, I'd probably would get more reverence from it. But it's just like, bro, I don't need to hear how a personal story relates to the Bible. I don't care. <laughs> right, and that's why uh, I just will keep going on my my mash because because when I'm just here and I'm excited to just you know to literally eat the body of Christ, it's just. It's, you know, it's, an, it's, it's, you look forward to it. You're like, you know what? I'm just like, this is why I'm here. I'm doing it. It's, it's, it's really cool, you know? And it's just kind of lost in most mainstream Catholic communities just because of, you know, the abolition of the traditional liturgy and, yeah, and the music and stuff like that. I don't know. To me, I feel like the symbolism is still the same. Um, I just think it's different delivery. I don't know. Like, I, I, I don't know. I, I I feel like in terms of communion, it's totally different concepts from denomination to denomination, especially Catholic versus yes. um, Protestant. But um, I don't know it. To me, like I feel like people would just take a very simple thing as that topic, or not the topic. The thing is like the Eucharist, and like it's a very important, vital part, right? But it's a super simple ritual. Like you're just supposed to be, you know, intaking the body as a metaphor of like accepting Jesus into your heart or whatever the fuck you want to relate it to. It's not a metaphor because it is Jesus. Well, what's what I'm saying? Whatever you want to relate that message to. Yeah. Like you're saying to certain denominations, it is just a metaphor. Well, no, what I'm saying, like whatever you get from it, right? Like you, whether it's literal, the message or a metaphor, whatever the fuck it is, if it makes you fucking happy and so like whatever you get from it, it's still a personal thing. And I just didn't get that personal feeling from it because it meant nothing to me. Like I, I feel like, like honestly like i feel like accepting the body of jesus is when i help somebody do something because i feel like that's what he did the majority of his life jesus didn't just fucking eat something and felt good about himself he actually did things for other people so i felt the body of christ when i you know helped others and made them feel good not just you know eating a fucking wafer and drinking grape juice like i i didn't feel like i i think that was my main problem is i feel like people put way too much meaning in like shit that was simple like that but they didn't like do the rest of it so that's that's probably the best example i I could give is my communion was helping people yeah i i see what you're saying um i can see how that but but then again, I can I can see how that applies to, you know, if you're just take like if the the Eucharist is symbolism and you're just eating, 
a piece of bread and grape juice, but like as opposed to if you literally believe that this is Jesus. Yeah, but why think, is that more important to you than like just like I said, like you're like like you believe like that is the body, right? But like you're still just yes. in taking a thing. Like that's all you're doing. Like you're not but doing anything Jesus. more than that. <laughs> yeah, but that's all you're doing though. Like it's it's no, not but a when Jesus is in your body. You just, I mean, and like I, I, you don't get the powers of Jesus, but like you just <laughs> you have you have the grace, and like when you have him in your body, it's just like it's the it's the true enlightenment. Jesus is true enlightenment, and it just gives you. Like it gives you the grace, it gives you all of the fruits, it gives you the joy, it gives everything to make your life not just better for yourself, but you can give it to everyone else, and that's the whole point of partaking in the in communion and and being like you know because you have to prepare yourself to receive it. That's a thing that's kind of lost now because you know you have to be in a fasted state, you have to just be, you have to have like a like you you just have to really. You have to pray and just contemplate, like, man, like, this is literally, the like, I, and, like, we say it in Mass, how, like, we're not worthy to receive it, but, like, just, you know, only say the word, and I, my soul shall be healed, and stuff like that. And, that's probably um, why it makes you feel a lot more intense, is, like, you haven't eaten anything, so that's the first thing you intake into your body, so you feel all the fucking tingles and all the, like, nourishment from that thing, so that's also probably part of it, too. It's, it's interesting. I didn't know you are really supposed to be like that in that state. Uh, well, traditionally, you had to be... In, I mean, I think I talked about this. You traditionally had to not eat anything before you went to mass that day. So it's like if it was if the mass was at seven o'clock at night, so be it. But then they changed it to three hours before, and then they changed it to one hour before. So now it's like the fast. It's it's it doesn't even really. It's not even what anything. I'm, what I'm saying is like I could see how that gives you a more powerful effect if you haven't right. eaten anything if, and then you do if it. If you are, yeah. If you yeah. actually are in a fast state. Yeah. So that that I can understand. I don't know. It's just I. I'm very like I'm very analytical about stuff so it's just like I I feel like most of the time since I don't get that importance from just doing little rituals like I'm not a ritual person like I don't like I've never I've never gotten like importance out of ritual I've always gotten importance out of doing specific things so I think that's just more of me like I just I don't like it, it doesn't how do I put it like it just it just doesn't do anything for me I guess I should say yeah that's fair but I, don't know, I I just feel like that was such a like it was such a difficult concept for people to grasp the fact that I was like deviating from what the normal thing is like no you're supposed to get this from this well it's like why well, get this in another way when they're like no you, you have to do it this way so it's just like well fuck man I guess we're at a stalemate so or stalemate where the fuck <clears throat> stalemate but, man stalemate bro Oof. but I don't know like I I you know, these days I'm more apathetic to politics and religion and all that shit. I just like, I just do what works for me. And I feel like in the afterlife, you know, it's not going to matter as long as you're a good person and hopefully I'm right, but we'll see. I don't know. I just, I think there's just too much like bullshit to focus on. So I don't feel like just, you know, putting, cause like it, it gives me anxiety. Like I, I remember growing up like the, not like the feeling of like agnosticism, but just like, you know, like the fear of like, you know, what happens afterwards, I think was just too much for me to handle. I just didn't want to fucking just deal with it. So but everyone contemplates it, you know, and that's yeah, everyone to goes me through that, like, it. it's, it's real. That's proof to me. <laughs> Cause like, if you can contemplate, like if you contemplate, like, everyone contemplates that, you yeah. know, um, I just think like the way that we run it now is just, it's very like, you know, it, it's just very, 
you know, single layer, like you have to do it this way. And only the people that get to think outside the box are the people that have the power, whether it's the, you know, the Pope or the preacher or the politician, whoever. The well, fuck, that's not right? really, that's not necessarily outside the box, but. Or whatever the, whatever, like the, the only people with critical thinking and, or can write doctrine are the people that hold the power. So it's just like, you know, if they don't say it's okay, then you can't do it. It's like waiting for the next version of software to be released. Like you can't do this thing that can work until the new update's released. So it's just, it's just like, this is just unnecessary to me. But like I said, I've, I've done to, a bunch well, of cool sorry. things with the church. I've met a bunch of really cool people. I've done a bunch of good charitable stuff and it makes me feel good to be a part of. And, um, I think that's the most important. I think, you know, if you are going to be part of some religious organization, I think it is your duty to give back to the community. Well, yeah, because that's something we talked about. That's why if religious people do bad things, then it makes it even worse, you know. Yeah, just yeah. do good things. Good things will happen, whether it's karma, Jesus, universal manifestation, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Just live your life like you'd want other people to be a part of. Live your life the way Jesus wants you to, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. <coughs> but, yeah, so... Yeah, that's yeah. all I got. <laughs> cool. Yeah, well, I mean, I think we've had a pretty good podcast. Yeah, um, I like this one. This was very, very yeah. profound. And this one I was actually kind of not looking forward to for some reason. But Really? Yeah, no, I was honestly going to think about changing it because I kind of wanted to just watch a movie instead. But no, I think we got a lot out of it in the end. Yeah, it's one of those things. It's hard to start, but you know, it's like a shower. You don't want to take a shower, but then you don't want to get out of the shower. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is how it goes. Plus, it's work. Yeah, it's, it, yeah exactly. Because it's like it's hard to get the ball rolling, but once it's dropped and it's rolling, it's hard to stop it. <laughs> I think it's cool. I haven't like made consistent content in a while, especially with music. So I'm glad there's a medium where I can just you know say I'm part of something. I like doing projects like this. Yeah, I'm happy to do it with you, man. Ugh, I'm so happy. Cool. Well, yes. anything else you yeah. would like to add, sir? Um, I drank my core power elite chocolate fair life protein shake while doing this podcast and it was very delicious. <laughs> the beta um, male is out the door, the core milk is in. Chalky milk for adults. Only drinking protein food. Like only drinking <laughs> like only eating protein bars, protein cakes, <laughs> protein anything. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Protein cake, yes. Protein cake. I think I'd rather eat the vomit cake. No, I'm just kidding. God. Uh. <sighs> well, thanks for listening, anyone who who made it this far, or anyone who just kind of listened to any part of it. It doesn't matter because I put the time stamps and I try to make someone who like is interested in one thing, but not this thing. Just listen to the stuff they're interested in. But yeah. Stage is on. <laughs> Drive safe uh, from your couch yep. to your bathroom because you're fat yep. and you do nothing. <laughs> yep. And you complain about everything and you you hate everything and you wish everything went your way and you're bitching about how other people have more than you and you're a fucking commie. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> You know, what's funny is that I feel like at least one time in all of these episodes we do, we always touch on this topic at least 
fucking a couple times. Yeah, we always shit. We always, we always shit on the people like struggling to find a sense of self. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Um, fuck those guys. And I'm not like labeling you, but I guess you do lean more towards like that than I do, obviously, because I'm just like I'm completely anti-communist. But I don't give a fuck, man. I don't. I don't like. It's all bullshit to me. I don't care no, what it's but called. But a, lo- a lot of certain things that like communists hate, you would still be like, yeah. I I could see that like you're saying with like a lot of these like the jobs and like the rich getting richer and the poor getting poorer because and, life isn't fucking black and white communist versus capitalist it's it's so it's much more complicated like oh no, that that thing specifically that is not black and white I I do agree with that like yeah it's, it's like cause it's you, like do I identify as a capitalist or communist like neither it's stupid I'm, to I'm live Catholic. your life in that way. It's why I fucking hate politics because, like, you know that shit they mail to you where it's like, are you against this thing? Here's the check mark of our politician that is against that. It's like people live their lives like that. Like, they, they pick a really fucking complex topic and it's like a yes or no check mark and then they have to fucking die by that sword. So it's like, that's fucking well, I mean, stupid. Right. I'm not a part. Like, dude, I am never going to register to vote. I've never fucking voted for anything. Like, I don't give a fuck. We're going to go downhill. Because, like, you're just like, this doesn't add anything to anything. Like, it's just, it's pointless. And I respect you exercising your right to not vote. (laughs) Because it's fucking, I, dude, you know what honestly is the worst thing? I hate the people that, like, they think they're fucking doing their civic duty. They think they're such a fucking saint for voting. Or it's like, they can be a shitty person in all the rest of their life. But the fact that they voted, now they're a goddamn, you know, fucking acolyte. I cannot uh... stand those ads where it's like, it would be so nice to our community if you voted. But it's, oh, Joe right here, he didn't vote. Therefore, he's a shitty person who doesn't contribute to the community. I'm like, shut the hell up. Dude, I've never, and I've, I don't know if we've touched on this topic, I've never understood that, like, if you don't vote, you don't get to complain. I feel like if you vote, you don't get to fucking complain, especially if it's for your candidate. Yeah, People are like, oh, I didn't want to vote for candidate. Biden, but Trump was so bad. I'm like, well, you fucking voted for him, so this is what you get. You shouldn't be able to complain because you fucking voted for the guy. If you want to have this fucking metaphorical goddamn mystical fucking ideology like oh this ever benevolent voting that we have to do or oh you're a shitty person if you don't vote we put so much importance in voting right so like if that's true and you complain about a guy you voted for because he was the lesser of two evils then you have no fucking right to complain i do because i didn't participate in the system i didn't i've never elected i've elected zero presidents in my life I've I've not been responsible for voting for any of them, so it's like any shitty thing that's ever happened, I haven't been a part of. So, you know, <laughs> it, just, it never well, made sense gonna, to me. I'm just gonna put it this way: I'm just glad I didn't vote for the guy who's in office right now. So <laughs> I have, have you, that claim. Have, you haven't got a chance to vote at all, have you? No, I, well, I have. guess the, I guess this election just, you voted because you're 19. I did, but I'm just not overt about who i vote for because i, just I know who that you that's... voted for so okay. no i know everybody fucking people... knows yes but then a lot of people <laughs> hear that and they're just gonna be like just you know instantly assume things about me and it's like that's not fair like i don't care who you vote for i'm not just gonna instantly assume things about you like i said because we live in off but we live in this fucking black and white society now so i don't know not like really, that's why it's just fucking dumb in a different way i guess but well it's like no it's like the fact that like you vote for somebody and now like you have a fucking stigma so it's like that's stupid and the fact that we, like I said, we live in this black and white good versus evil bullshit. 
when it's all bad and people just don't want to admit that it's all bad. They just want to pretend like they're doing a good thing by voting. It's like, shut the fuck up. Well, no, good and evil do exist, but in this, like... Yeah, but you change you voting is not going to fucking complete... fix that. Like no, exactly. But it's like it it exists in a different way in democracy because you know, back in monarchy, it just depended on if the king was good or bad. You know, because if the king sucked, then the whole nation's suffered because of it. But if he was awesome and he was like an awesome king, then like the nation was awesome and it was prosperous. And that's why this whole bullshit idea that it's like you know, maybe. It's like what? What? what if, there's a chance that there's like gonna be a bad king who's really evil and greedy, right? It's like, yes, but then it's like you you can apply that to literally anything of just like the oh yeah, there's there could potentially be a bad thing here. It's like that doesn't mean that like kings and monarchy is just a bad concept to begin with. Like the idea that demo like with democracy and all this stuff, all that corruption stuff is gonna go away. That's nonsense, and I think you would agree with me a hundred percent. If of I'm course, not it's nonsense. I I'm of the opinion it doesn't matter what fucking system you have, it's gonna be corrupted. Like it doesn't matter. Yeah, because with all of this like democracy and stuff like that, it's like yes, you can say like the yes, there's multiple different parties, and it's like oh yeah, like if if one doesn't win one this time, they can win the other time. But it's like that doesn't cover the fact that there's just going to be all these different puppets and things like that and just like you know the cheating of the system and yeah. just other random bullshit <laughs> well the other thing too that i think is really annoying like i'm like i'm not gonna pretend like i'm gonna like people like argue on facebook comments oh they're everybody's a medical expert a fucking economics expert a goddamn yeah, you know it, law you it's like i don't know shit so it's like i don't like i'm exactly. not educated enough to even make a good uh, decision to vote for anyway so it's like i i have like exactly that's why i would be completely no fine if i didn't have the right to vote i wouldn't be doing all these bullshit protests about how i need it's like it doesn't matter <laughs> yes yeah, so it's like i'm not gonna pretend like i know how to fix this country's fucking economic problems or what system of government right, should be i have exactly. no idea Exactly. I don't give a fuck what it is as long as it works, but clearly nothing fucking works because we go from left to right every goddamn couple years and the shit just yes, gets fucking exactly. worse. So it's obviously not working the... now. So yes, fucking fix that, it. <laughs> that's the other, exactly. That's the other thing with democracy is like it creates those divisions and stuff like that with the parties because with with monarchy, it's just the king and like that's it. But and it's just I mean, like, yeah. And it's like I if he's know. bad, oh well. Let's just, you know. I feel like wait you just out until his son's bad, but I just feel like you, here, but. you're not gonna have the same problems, but you're just gonna have a bunch of new problems created with modern. Like it's just, I don't know. Oh, no, I just think be, it's all it bad. It would be hard to reinstate it. You know, that's difficult. It's like bureaucracy, not a good look, bro. No, not a good look, bro. <laughs> I, I know. I'm just oh. I fucking since the Greeks, man. It's just been nothing but a problem. No, but that's why there's like a resurgence of like the monarchy and like the feudalism people. I mean, not obviously in the same way, but the whole like, um, you know, like we're we're done with like all this democracy bullshit. We want like tradition and like a like a like a Christian monarch and stuff like that. And I love the resurgence of that. And it's yeah. like the Chad monarchist versus like the like virgin, <laughs> virgin like demo like um how to say like um. Well, like, yeah, like bureaucracy, dude. Or <laughs> but, dude, you're like a year away from reading the Bible and chain mail. <laughs> yeah, Cru I mean, Crusader will. Oh yeah, no, all of the. I need to send you this this YouTube channel. They're called the Orthodox Meme Squad. <laughs> oh my god, so awesome! And it's it's not Catholic, but it's Orthodox, which is close enough. Yeah. And it's just so. I mean, yes, it is red pill, but it's not like it's. 
it's all of the good stuff about the red pill and it doesn't have any of like the f like f women and all that crap but um it's just all that like like um, it's the righteousness that's what you're embell or uh, embalming yourself in yes but also just like the um <laughs> there was this one <laughs> where it was like um this 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 girl on like the fine bros or something was talking about she was like oh my god i hate video games because like you just give men the ability to just just like uh just enjoy themselves and like their their greatest fantasies or whatever and just oh do yeah that was want. about a grand theft auto <laughs> i think no no but then it showed minecraft and then it was this guy oh. like he, he had built this church in in minecraft and he's like they're just singing like these orthodox like greek chance so awesome <laughs> and it's like yes they do get to allow us to embellish in our fantasies and it's like that's my fantasy not like the the like porn but like the i get to build a church on minecraft you know <laughs> well whatever you can jerk off to uh <laughs> well um, that's the thing the the nofap which i'm like yes sir <laughs> i knew you'd like nofap absolutely like, like, what did you expect? <laughs> I, as soon as I heard, like, I mean, I, I've known about it for a while, but like, as I'm just kind of going back into it again because it's been a while. I was like, yeah, Will's gonna like this. Yeah, or you're like, you know, Will's definitely gonna think that women shouldn't have the right to vote. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. <laughs> that was all. I also just kind of said that for. Like, you know what, ladies? I don't think I should have the right to vote either. Like, so. <laughs> no, I don't think I should either. So that'll give you. Doesn't some fucking do anything. No, um, and there's just a lot better things to do with your life than go and protest and bitch about having the right to vote. <laughs> Dude, someone's going to clip that like, what's the other thing about the right to vote? No, I don't give a fuck. It's like, no. You can I have mean, all women so. voting for all I give a shit. Yeah. Or, I don't care. Uh, that reminds me again with like you know there's like the 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 meme format where it's like the Chad and then there's like the Virgin and then the the Virgin's like so you think blah 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 and then the Chad's just like yes <laughs> yeah and then like a, one of them it was a Brazilian monarchist meme um, for Pedro the second of Brazil and it was like the Virgin was like so you think that human beings are just evil bad beings to begin with and they need a um um they need like um. A, a monarchy to put them in check and 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 not just have a consumerist society where we're just we're victim to puppets of bureaucracy and stuff like that and then chad yes <laughs> i'm like I well stated even though i stated it terribly but yeah well if you know memes are really good for explaining uh definitely <laughs> they're they are definitely better to explain them than just show them and totally yeah 100 percent yeah. All right. Well, I'll leave you to your MGTOW compilations. Yep. I'm going to hopefully just read because I just don't want to use my phone late at night because that's yep. really bad for you. Fucking learn so, something. Yeah, man. Always on day phones. <laughs> All right, dude. <laughs> yeah, this is a good podcast. Thank you, dude. PCs. Yep. PCs. Bye. <laughs>